Hey, when does the show start? Hey, wait a minute. <gasps> First, let's hear from our sponsors. Oh, okay. In just a minute. Manny Aurora, the Aurora Law Firm, or as many of you now know him as Mad Dog Manny Aurora, when he stops into the Golden Scissors studio, he is the best when it comes to criminal law. If you got any troubles and you need somebody, reach out to the Aurora Law Firm. The AuroraLawFirm.com, all right? Located in Atlanta, Georgia, but practices nationwide. Now, if you got a question for Manny when he pops into the Golden Scissor Studio, you can call our hotline at 404-369-3825 or shoot us a message from our website, podcastthebs.com. Everybody needs a friend. Everybody needs an ear, and that's why Dr. David Markwell and Ridgeline Counseling are the best at what they do. Ten different therapists who work with Dr. David Markwell at Ridgeline Counseling. If you're in the Georgia area, East Cobb, Marietta, near the Square in McKaysville, right outside of Blue Ridge. And they assist with a wide variety of behavioral health issues like anxiety, depression, relationship issues, parenting issues, trauma, substance use issues, etc., offering virtual sessions if you can't get to the georgia stops the website markwelltherapy.com again markwelltherapy.com it's time ladies and gentlemen After all these years in the radio business, Jason Bailey is finally unfiltered. I don't know what you want. With his bestest buddy and producer, all the way from Mexico, it's Nate, dude. Sit back, enjoy. Here is the podcast that is all about intellectually immature nonsense. Are a very particular set of skills. You will love it. Why? Because I'm Jason's neighbor. I'm old man Kevin. <laughs> and by God, this is the BS. Ah, there it is, episode 86 of the BS. Thanks for being here. My name's Jason Bailey in the Golden Scissors studio, sponsored by Watkins Law Firm. Tyler Watkins is uh, the type of attorney that when you say, what type of attorney do I call? He's the guy. Like, he handles all that stuff, like trial, litigation, attorneys, personal injury, wrongful death, contracts, transactions, landlord, tenant disputes, general civil litigation. It's litigation. 770-648-4009. 770-648-4009. That's the website. Nader Tater Vaders. Hello? Hello. Happy Friday, guys. How you doing? Happy Friday, fuckers. Happy Friday, fuckers. I want to get us kicked off social media. I uh, b- put together all these different images uh, to, to, to have in the can, so to speak, because uh, we're using this new social media program where I can schedule all these things, right? I, I, I can talk about this, right? This is okay to talk about out loud, right? Yeah. And so I made all these images. And one of the images I made was for merchandise. And I realized afterwards there's a bunch of fuckers on the, on the, on the image. I'm like, we're probably going to get us kicked off all of social media. Cause I had the, we have cheers fuckers and everything's better with fuck and fuck a source nuggets. And we all kinds of weird language on our shirts. Uh, anyway, you can buy that stuff. Podcast There's Brandon Thrasher in the Zelensky studios, uh, in uh, Noonan, Georgia. Hello, Brandon Thrasher. What up? How's it going? Good, buddy. 
Yeah. And Nikki D is now joining us, hopefully for every single episode from here on out. Hello, Nikki D. Hello. Feels so good with all these great intros. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what we do here. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, there's a couple things uh, I, I want to bring up before I address this 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 Facebook thread that's been driving me insane, and I just kind of bit my tongue, and I was like, I'll just address it on on Friday's show. Uh, first off. Uh, Nate, Brandon <laughs> blows up. Okay, so these, let me start with you, Nikki. These guys get on me, and I've stopped doing it. Uh, to the, you know, I don't call them anymore. Okay. They don't want me to call them. They don't talk on the phone. Right. Uh, and we don't even text anymore, really. We we Ooh. use the G chat. Right. Fine. I love that. Whatever works for these guys, I'm here for them. Right. So that's what we do. So Brandon, to his defense, right, in his defense, He's very busy uh, every day because he's trying to get his business off the ground. And now it's called what? Thrasher's Gashers? What is it called? Thrasher Services. Because mm-hmm. you do fences, right? Do me text. Yeah, he, he does. Okay. He does. Sir, he does fences. He does backflows. He does irrigation. He does lawn maintenance. He does everything, right? Uh, no lawn maintenance. We're not doing that. We stopped doing lawn maintenance months <laughs> ago. We're just focusing on fences and backflows and irrigation, right? Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. And people can get a hold of them by how? What do they do? Uh, you can shoot me a text, 678-378-8924. Right, because we don't believe in websites in noon in Georgia. We want people to remember <laughs> digits. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. So, so Nate, he, he's blowing me up the other night, and, and it's, it's late. It's like 10 o'clock, you know. You know me. I'm in bed early. Uh, and, and I was in bed. I was not sleeping, but I did not feel like talking shop, talking work. My wife and I uh, are into this Umbrella Academy on Netflix. Ooh, I'm trying to get into it, too. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a slow roll. It is. It's a, it's a trippy, like, we're going to watch it normal, and then we're going to go back and watch it high. Because it is a trippy, trippy uh, series. You guys know what this is, The Umbrella Academy? Uh, Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I I know the the gist of it. Give it a minute. You know, you might not fall in love with it from the get-go, but just give it a minute. And it it gets there. And I think we're going to have the the big guy. uh, I think his name's Tom Hopper. Uh-huh. I think we're going to have him on the podcast. Oh, that's going to be neat. Yeah, he was in uh, Black Sails and Game of Thrones and stuff like okay. that. So, Anyway, so he's blowing up my phone, Nate, and he goes, man, you up? <laughs> I'm like, I am. You know, And, of course, I'm going to reply back, you know, if it's an emergency. You know, he's really good at, like, pointing out something on social media. There will be a screw-up or somebody will say something and, you know, bring it to my attention. You know, so that's what I'm thinking. Something's wrong. Are you up? I'm like, because uh, that's how the text sounds. And, and, he, and he says, and I say, uh, yeah, I'm up. He goes, man, let's talk. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm like, well I, I, not, well, I'll talk to you tomorrow. I said, yeah, I go, yeah, that's what I said. I go, I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll call you tomorrow. As soon as I send the text, not even two seconds later, he calls me. <laughs> I just said, we'll talk tomorrow. Right. So I send it to voicemail. You know, he'll get the picture. But I'm like, I'm, I'm, I hope he's okay. Brandon, at 23 years of age, acts like a man in his 50s. What I mean by that is after 7.30, they're drunk. 
And that's that. That's when the party starts. They start learning new things on their phone. They start getting on emails, you know. And that's usually that fifty-year-old range of people that do that. And I worked with a couple of them. You know, it's like after after nine o'clock. And even their boss said at one time, they're like, "Yeah, that's when he starts drinking a lot." I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? So I got to deal with an alcoholic program director. Anyway, so uh, so he's 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 he. he I, text him myself call, call you tomorrow buddy and he goes man i've got this great marketing idea or no great marketing opportunity <laughs> and i'm like oh, this is great he's working i appreciate that i that's very nice i'll talk to you tomorrow no you don't understand and, and, and it was let me let me see if i can find it because the way he said it i didn't i want to see what you think it means um and this is duct tape man yelling at me <laughs> Well, uh, was it something about boards, right? Um, yeah, it was Friday. Oh, Friday. So our local Taco Mac that is very popular, comma, had some drunk guy break their boards. I told the GM we'd buy them new boards if we could put our logo on them, and they said capital S sound yes. Boards are cheap AF, and might we have a good following? So might be a good investment. Right, so the next day I tried to call him and I just said, called him back. What do you think he meant by that, Nate? Boards. Uh, maybe like those kind of sandwich boards they put outside a restaurant or, or uh, different places to advertise a special or have some funny saying on it. Mm-hmm. Nikki, what do you think he meant by boards? Because it's Brandon, when you were saying that, I imagine like baseboards or something in the floor or on a wall. Mm-hmm. In the restaurant. That's what I imagine. Yeah. So I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I've got my own. I'm thinking they're like boards on the side of the restaurant, you know, that uh, had advertisements on it or something. I, I don't know. I, that's, that's a, not once did it cross my mind that they were cornhole boards. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't think about that. So Brandon wants me to buy the Taco Mac and Noonan new cornhole boards and put our logo on them. And he's like, this is the most brilliant marketing opportunity ever. He's like, we got tons of fans out of Noonan and they're going to see the BS boards. They're going to love it. I was like, well, I, I do have two handmade boards in my garage that have the old show logo on that I have to scrape off. Oh yeah, and I, I really have had nothing, you know, no use for them. So they could have those. Get them out of my garage. All right. Then he goes, "Let me know when you scrape it off." <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much how that went, right, Brandon? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's. I, I first let me say this. I appreciate the effort. I really, really do. I just don't know if it's as big of a marketing opportunity as you think it is. There's a lot of people out there now. They don't see them boards. Has anyone <laughs> that you know read a cornhole board and done what it asked you to do? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, you're looking at it. You got to hit the hole. You know, you just see, like, oh, let me take a picture of this. Yeah, like, but, but, but you're not. It pops up. If it has the BS logo, you know, does that mean that they're going to listen to the show, subscribe to the show because they're playing cornhole with one of our boards? I would. Mm-hmm. You look it up. Be like, what if. What if they just had speakers out there too? We can give them some speakers just to have it on play twenty four seven. I guess. Okay. So are we buying those speakers, or they already have the speakers? 
Oh, no, we would have to buy speakers, too. Yeah, see, that's a whole other step. I don't understand why I'm buying everything. Like, <laughs> I don't have the money to buy shit. <laughs> like, I'm on a budget, you know, so... Just I, I somebody people reaching out to me asking me to sponsor stuff, and as much as I'd love to sponsor it, you know, I mean, like I had five just in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I, I'd love to sponsor the little leagues and all this stuff, but I, I just don't have the money for it. I mean, it's right. like five hundred here, seven fifty here, seven fifty. Although, due to popular belief that supposedly I've got tons of money because I made the comment of a couple hundred thousand dollars isn't much, which I'd love to. I can't wait to address. This thread now. Have we seen this thread on the uh, BS Two Percenters Facebook page that Jordan Bedsford brought up? Yes. Okay. Yes. Seen. They are going in on you. Yes. They. They are going. Okay. <laughs> you've seen it, Nate? Yeah. Okay. I've seen it. Brandon, you've seen it? Yeah. They're not happy. Well, it's not that they're not happy. They're just um, not understanding what I was saying. I guess. What were you saying? Well, but Nate, what do you think I was saying? Because I have a feeling Nate's going to side with the uh, Facebook thread. Um, yeah, I felt like you were saying that. I, I can't remember the exact quote, but it, I think you were. It was something along the lines of a hundred or two hundred thousand dollars isn't that much, or that's correct. at least what they said in the in the thread. And that is correct. I did say that. I did in you know, paraphrasing. The conversation was Nate's his living arrangement in Mexico. How inexpensive it is to live in Mexico. Altogether, your utilities are what under a thousand dollars. I mean, everything like your way of life is under a thousand dollars, right? Right. So it's very inexpensive. Um, but if then I start talking about how there are affordable places to to buy in the heart of Playa del Carmen. Last time we were there, we saw these new condos being built, and they were asking like a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars for a two-two which is not that much money. So that's what I said, all right? So that was construed as I don't think $200,000 is a lot of money. Now, let me explain how you misunderstood what I was saying, all right? $200,000 is a lot of money. $20 is a lot of money. It's all how you value the dollar in the situation that you're in. But in this conversation, talking about a 2-2 in paradise that could be an investment. And it's not a lot real estate-wise. You go to Buckhead and try to buy a 2-2 condo in Buckhead, Georgia, you're paying $750,000-plus for that, right? Now, there are people right. that would say, that's not a lot of money, right? Right. You know, for that, those are the uber-rich people, right? I'm not uber, I'm not rich at all. But in the whole scheme of things, you know, if you're renting something and you're paying $1,200, give or take a month, that's the equivalent of buying something for $150,000, $200,000. That's what your mortgage would be. You know, I have, I've always, I've always, since I was a kid, you know, I was, it was ingrained in my brain, buy, don't rent. So most of my life, including when I was 20 years old, 21 years old, I bought my first condo. You know, it was like $58,000. 21-year-old buying a $58,000 condo, that's a lot of money, right? Mm -hmm. It's really not. I was paying $10 more a month in my mortgage than I was in my... Actually, no, I was paying $30 less in my mortgage than I was in my rent. Right. And I owned it. 
Right. And then I sold it and made $20,000. So that's what I was saying. Does that make more sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Doesn't make me look like an elitist. I think definitely now from some of the comments I saw on the thread, I definitely think they misunderstood what you said because I didn't hear the conversation, but once you just explained it, I automatically knew you were saying the amount far as real estate wise, is not a lot for a condo in somewhere like Playa del Carmen, which is a vacation spot. So yeah, exactly. And you're right. People, you would be amazed at what you can buy if you have a good credit score. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying dig in deeper than what you should and you can't afford but, you know, I see it with my wife all the time. You know, she helps people buy their first houses a lot. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, credit score fixing and programs that she helps them get involved in. Uh, you know, when she, she's a part of this legacy program that the city of Atlanta does for people that were born here that are coming back. And the city of Atlanta... Uh, along with the APD, uh, they're trying to retool a lot of the downtown communities that at one time were beautiful. And they're still, you know, they're predominantly African-American communities, obviously, but these th th there's elderly people that have lived there their entire lives. And over the years, it's kind of like uh, Back to the Future when, you know, Michael J. Fox, Marty McFly goes back and his neighborhood's gone to shit, right? That's what's happening to these neighborhoods. There's drug houses, prostitution houses. Yep. So what the Legacy Program does, as, 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 uh, along with the APD's um, uh, uh, Officer uh, Neighborhood Initiative Program, I think that's what it's called. Anyway, they buy these, these drug houses they uh, get these uh, teardowns, these houses that are burned down, beat up, and they tear them down and they build them back up. They have a builder involved. And they get people to move in that, you know, are legacy people that have lived here for a long time or in some cases officers, so they have a police car outside. And they put them out there. They get all these incentives. There's tons of equity in the house. But normally these people, a lot of these people couldn't afford these houses. Mm, okay. But they can with the program is what right. I'm saying. Right. So in the whole scheme of things, a couple hundred thousand dollars ain't all that much. Actually, these are like three fifty. You know. Right. So does that make sense, Nate? Did I explain that well? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because they were making it seem like you said, like I got two hundred thousand dollars and I'm just throwing it around because it's not that much money. That's how the post made it seem. I, I know that's what it made. It. That's why it <laughs> pissed me off. You know, because then that uh, this one guy goes. You know, you're, 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 I think he called my wife a Roswell snob. Oh. And I think I replied back to him. I was like, yeah, it feels good. Just because I wanted to be a dick. Like, <laughs> you're just fueling the fire. You know, it's like, it has nothing to do with where we live or what we do. It, just an FYI, people, I'm unemployed for the most part. So I don't know where you'd get off calling me rich. <laughs> I mean, I'm fucking doing a podcast from my basement right now. <laughs> so, you know, but would I buy a $200,000 condo in Playa del Carmen and rent it out to the Nates and they pay me just what I have to pay on my mortgage? Absolutely. Because it would be a great investment, you know, and it's Ooh. affordable. You can do that. You know, what, yeah. what you would buy, what you would pay a month is probably around what you're paying now, maybe a little bit more. Exactly. But maybe they were interpreting it as like the, cause you were looking at it as like an investment. Maybe they're thinking, oh, well, I can't afford to have an investment like that. So maybe that's why they were misinterpreting it. No, know. all they heard was me say a couple hundred thousand dollars is not a lot of money. They didn't put it into context. They didn't under they they didn't 
wrap everything around in the conversation. And it's also funny, I mean, this happened in Radio World too, is that not everybody's listening to the episode. Not everybody's caught up with the episode. So you just see the post and it's not in context, right? It's, you don't, you don't hear me saying what I'm saying. So you're reading this dude's post and it makes me look like an asshole. I I agree. If I were just to come on and say, Oh dude, $200,000, not a big deal. You know, I do this. And I, I worked with a guy that did that. Right. And it was all fucking smoke and mirrors. And I kept telling him, dude, you don't do that. You don't say that because you know, it does make you out of touch. And I, I think that's one of the last things I am is out of touch. Um, but we all have our own different lives, you know, and how we value the dollar. I personally value the dollar as it is. And this is a poker rule, you know. So if you go to a poker game and, uh, you know, I've got some buddies that invite me to these poker games that are like 25, 50 cent games, you know. So it's, you know, the blinds are 25 and 50. It's, it's kind of pointless, right? I mean... They you say, ain't making no money off of that, right? Yeah, the, the, they're, what they'll say is, um, the, what they'll say is, uh, we just play for fun. Oh. Well, if you're just playing for fun, don't play for any money. You know, if that's what you want to do, you know, fucking quarters and I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> that's a waste of time. You know, so I don't play not because it's too small; it's just pointless. Because what happens is, and in, in my experience, I found out that you lose more money at a smaller. Uh, you lose more money at a smaller stakes poker game than you do at a higher stakes poker game. Does that make sense, Nate? No, but I, I don't know a lot about poker. So I think it makes sense because <laughs> you're playing more games because it's so little money. And when it's all said and done, you've given out more than maybe if no, you play the higher stakes one. No, because it's people don't know how to value the dollar. So oh. the, they, for 50 cents, they're not looking at it as that's the highest amount you can get to join the hand. They're looking at it as 50 cents. 50 cents to most people is not a lot of money. So the chances if you've got eight people at a table playing a hand for 50 cents is probably pretty good. I mean, it's going to take a very large raise for you not to play your hand. Even $2 people are going to play the hand because they're not valuing what the 50 cents stands for. The 50 cents stands for the upper echelon of tier as far as money to bet. You know, not to raise, but to bet. So they're like, oh, I've got King Deuce offsuit. I'm going to play that for 50 cents. Okay, I've got aces in my hand. Well, I should be winning this hand. They should not even be in the hand. But because it's only 50 cents, or maybe I've raised it, you know, four times the big blind to $2.50, they're still going to play it. Oh, I'm priced in. I mean, poker poker players understand this analogy. So then the flop comes out, king, king, two. And I'm like, I've got kings and aces. I'm on top of the world. This person just flopped a boat. That shouldn't even have been in the hand. And I continue to bet. They continue to call. And then I'm out at the end of the hand, $20, $30. And my buy-in was 50 Oh. <laughs> you look confused. <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe I should do a poker podcast. <laughs> Did that make any sense to anyone? <laughs> yeah. A little bit. No, it did. No, it did. <laughs> what do you mean, no, it didn't? No, it did. It's just how you value the dollar. That was my whole point of valuing the dollar. It really irritated me. That, I got to tell you, what that dude said really bothered me because I responded back to him and explained what I meant, and then it just went fucking crazy after that. 
everybody yeah. dropped their two cents. Yeah. Well, yeah, they, they didn't listen to it enough, but they probably are reading in too much of like the, the context of, of you. Um, you know, they know you have multiple properties and, you know, you buy your daughter nice gifts and, you know, you ha- you always have like name brand stuff. So they're probably reading into it too much because they're 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 looking at the source of it and they're just, you know, reading into it, I would think. Well, um, OK, well, everybody's got their own thing. Right. I mean, I've got I've got I know people that uh, spend crazy money on toys, you know, like four wheelers and ammunition and guns and you know and all kinds of stuff yeah that multiple cars multiple cars yeah right motorcycles that i could never do because i couldn't afford right i just everybody spends their money in different places but don't tell me i'm out of touch because I'm, I'm i'm not out of touch i'm the farthest thing from out of touch it bothered me nikki and i see yeah the, what you just explained to me is bothering me my brain's still trying to catch up with the <laughs> poker analogy yeah hmm. what didn't you understand none of it yeah <laughs> you ever play poker before? No. Nope. No. Okay. Well, so like when you buy certain things, for example, um, Nate, what's the last thing you purchased anywhere? Maybe Iowa. You were at the fair, right? You were just at the Iowa fair. Yeah. Yeah. What's something you purchased at the Iowa fair? Uh, corn dog. Okay. How much was that corn dog? Uh, probably like six bucks. Six dollars for the freaking <laughs> corn dog. There were people at, I promise you, there were people at the Iowa Fair walking around going, well, he must be rich. (laughs) He can afford a $6 corn dog. I got free tickets and I'm just drinking water out of the fountain. (laughs) Am I right? Right. But I also probably wouldn't have told people that six, I wouldn't go around telling people $6 isn't that much. But if you're in conversation and it comes up, you're going to say it. No, because I think that's expensive. <laughs> but, but but that doesn't mean you should be shamed for it. You spend yeah, but you, you just shouldn't say it in general, probably. But but if somebody says, "Hey, you went to the well, we are you went to the Iowa Fair?" I asked you, and you told me six dollars. Okay, so yes, that's expensive. But I think most people would say, "I get it. You're at the fair. You're hungry. You want a corn dog. You're going to spend six dollars. You're just expecting to spend that kind of money." And then there's people like the guy that posts it's going, he's so out of touch. He has to go to the biggest <laughs> fair in the world, <laughs> spend $6 on a corn dog. <laughs> what an elitist. So out of touch with the fair world, I tell you. You know, I mean, th- that's, that's, that's what could be said. It's not true, but you can spin anything any way. Um, that's true. People at my, at, at my job, called me rich because of the pair of tennis shoes I wore to work. Mm-hmm. But I also quickly let them know that I'm very poor. I'm not rich. So I think it's how you <laughs> respond that gives people riled up. People are judged on things that they purchase. Even when you go to a cashier, right? Mm-hmm. You're judged every time you go to the store, convenience store, grocery store, wherever it's at, Target, Walmart, whatever you're putting up on that, that conveyor belt that person is judging you on what you have, especially if you got freaky shit. Like, you know, four things of bananas, two pineapples, four boxes of magnums, some Vaseline, and a six-pack of Paps Blue Ribbon. They're like, fucking weird night for this guy. You yeah. Know, and a People magazine. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is going to be a weird night. Uh, there are some purchases that cashiers might judge you for buying, 
for example, parents who buy booze and cigarettes but scream at their kids to put bottles of juice or candy back. I think that's horrible. I think people that buy any type of tobacco products are judged. I know I'm judged. You know, it's funny because Rach buys, will buy them for me. Even when we're together, she'll ask for them. She's never judged. I'm judged. I I actually have had bag people say that's bad for you. Or I've had the cashier say, you know, that's bad for you. And I said, and then my response is, how do you know it's for me? And then they kind of, you know, hiccup and they're like, oh, like my daughter has a, has a bad habit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it just gets real bad for you though like their their statement is still true it is but it's none of their business is my point so i, I just want to make it as awkward and uncomfortable but you're being <laughs> you're being judged right somebody else is now you could say you're being judged in a way that people are looking out for you i don't know if that's the case the price of cigarettes and tobacco are absurd but you can say the same thing about people that buy lottery tickets you know, that roll up in a piece of shit car or took public transportation and are always bitching about how they don't have any money for anything, but yet they load up on lottery tickets every single day. Or people who complain they don't have money and they buy weed every day. There you go. That or drives me nuts. I've always noticed that the weed buyers, they substitute the money that they spend on weed uh, or that they, they spend on something else for weed. Like, they'll always be without you know, like you'll go over their house and be like, hey, man, you got anything to eat? Not this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, they already had the munchies and they ate it all. <laughs> what do you mean not this week? I just bought a bag, man. I'm taps. I, you don't like you don't have any Lucky Charms, you know, Fruit Loops. You got nothing. No, not this week, man. <laughs> I don't get paid till Thursday. So come back later. <laughs> Uh, one cashier said a young male customer was once buying various junk food and children's flu medicine. And when the total came up, he was short. So he put the medicine back. (laughs) 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 Well, that's how the chicken source nuggets thing came up. Right. Yeah. When I was at the, the Kroger and you know that every day they have uh, a van come over from um, that uh, community, the, the adults with, challenging issues and whatnot and uh, two of them were in front of me and I think one of them was like a counselor and you know your heart breaks for these folks you know they got the checkbook and he's you know adding everything up to make sure you know and look I grew up like that you know my 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 grandmother you know used to calculate what she was putting on because my grandmother had like zero dollars she lived off of her, you know, retirement or, or, or not even a 401k, but her uh, social security, that's all the money she had. I mean, she, she only had a sixth grade education, no fifth grade education. And then she worked at like uh, Montgomery wards or Hutzler, Hutzlers for years until, you know, she stopped working there and then she was just a housewife. Um, but uh, you know, the, 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 they, there was like three things on the conveyor belt that were pushed in the back. And I knew why they were pushed back there, but I was trying to make conversation with the guy saying, Oh, those chicken, chicken source, right? Nate chicken source. Yeah. Uh, fucking chicken source nuggets. Yeah. Fucking chicken. I didn't say that, but chicken source nuggets, those chicken source nuggets look good in the ice cream. He's like, yeah, you know, it's like, uh, we'll see if I can get them. I was like, Oh man, my heart's broken. It was like $4 for both of them. And so they get up there and they write the, you know, they get the total 
and they're writing the check, and I see the cashier take those two or three items and put them to the side. And I say to the guy, I go, God, how are you going to have a great night tonight without the chicken source nuggets and the ice cream? And he goes, just not this week. Can't afford it. And I was like, put them up there. I was like, take them with you. Just put them on my bill. So does that make me elitist because I can afford chicken source nuggets and, you know, ice cream and, and for someone else? If I say that story out loud, does that make me look like a rich, swanky guy that gives to charity just because you feel sorry for the guy with mental with a mental illness? I don't think no. that's how it should look. It doesn't. No. And we got a t-shirt out of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm thinking? Look at Bailey over there with his fancy, like, shape nuggets. I can only afford the little <laughs> circle guys. <laughs> we we had a problem with this on the radio show. And, uh, you know, my partner had the problem with it. and But it did get to a point in his defense that he was getting beat up um, too much for things that he was saying that people were, were judging on him on being an elitist, but it was his fault because he put himself there. Like he, he had created this image that he's always wanted. And with that, it, he became a, a, a verbal snob. Um, and, and so even when there were things that I didn't think he should be being beat up on. And I would tell him like, that's bullshit. I was like, you should be able to say if, you bought your kid a five hundred dollar, uh, you know, car or whatever it is. I was like, well, who fuck cares? I was like, that's not. I mean, you're you're talking about how crazy expensive it is. You're not talking about how you easily could afford it. That's not what you're saying. I know what you're saying. It's it's the context of how you say it. So we had we always had that issue, like from management. And there are things that I would say when I talk about my cabin. Holy shit. You know, I get beat up on it, you know, but I'm not talking about the cabin to sell the cabin or brag that I have a cabin. I talked about it because there was a story involved with the cabin, you know? So, I mean, what do you want me to sit there and lie to you and say, I don't own a rental property uh, as a form of income? Why can't I say that out loud? Oh, the vendor machine really pissed them off. <laughs> oh, shit. God. <laughs> That's all I'm known for at that radio station is a guy with feet problems in a vending machine. <laughs> uh, that's all we got to hear about the fucking vending machine. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, expensive premium bottled water, not just because it's arguably a waste of money, but, but because there's a lot of plastic waste. And it's like the, the scene in Grown Ups, uh, Grown Ups 2, you know, where they go, yeah, I'll take a uh, Voss water or uh, Fiji if you don't have it. Sorry, we don't have that Boss water for your kid. <laughs> Colin Quinn's line. That's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anything in a large amount. One cashier once had a person buy 15 cases of Red Bull, and they also looked like they were 12. I don't think if you buy things in bulk, you come across as a wealthy person. If anything, you're coming across as a supplier or you're selling them, right? Yeah, but Red Bulls are expensive. So if you can afford, even if they are in bulk, I mean, if you can afford that, then maybe they're thinking, what are they, like 4 or $5 a can? If you're buying a ton of them, then you're spending a good bit of money. Good. But I wouldn't think that. You know, you could say the same thing about craft brewery people like yourself. You know, those beers are expensive. You know, I know that you can justify it by saying, well, they're a craft beer, there's more alcohol, they're bigger, so on. I get it. But people like the dude on Facebook would say, you know, Nate, it's all you drink are those $8 beers. Those types of things. Damn elitist. Yeah, but, 
Yeah. But uh, I think, that, like you were saying, people will exchange one thing for other, another. Like, I don't go out to fancy restaurants, so I can, Either I do can I. afford I to have beer. <laughs> I, I don't go out. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, but you don't go out to Chili's. When you do go out, it's usually you're wearing a suit. <laughs> no, what are you talking about? What, what, when's the last time you've seen me wear a suit out? Uh, that, um, what's it called? The the place on Roswell Road. Down, Roomies. Roomies. Yeah, Roomies. Yeah, yeah the, when's the last time I went there? I can't even tell you it's been that long. And it was for, uh, I'm, I'm positive it had to have been for something. We don't go out. I don't like to go out. Oh, I take that back. Didn't you go out Friday? The, uh, to the punchline? Well, yeah, I went to see my buddy Ian Bag. But you guys didn't go eat? Huh? Y'all didn't go eat? No, I made brisket at the house. Okay. Actually, I took him some of the brisket. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, fancy man can afford a whole brisket. Look at this guy, hoity-toity. Exactly. There you go. That's <laughs> that's what. No, that's what you can say that. You're you're a dick for saying it, but you can say that. That's what. That's the whole point of this conversation. Must, must be nice on your your giant Kamada Joe grill. What does that run you? Mm-hmm. You <laughs> can make your fancy pizzas. You're you're yeah you're you're making pizzas by scrap. No, I'm spending ninety nine cents for the dough. <laughs> A dollar seventy nine for the pepperoni, and maybe two ten for the large bag of mozzarella cheese, and two fifty for the pizza sauce. Mm. And I get to oh, make money bags with okay. two fifty pizza sauce. I get that ninety nine cent Heinz. <laughs> no, you ain't buying anything from Heinz for ninety nine cents. I'll tell you that right now. It's just the whole point of this conversation is being judged by how you value a dollar. People don't look at the context of things. You know, uh, you, you don't say these things about the, the uber elite, right? The uber rich, the rock stars and celebrities, the rapper that goes out and spends $250,000 on the diamond necklace. Nobody's going, he's an elitist for showing that off on his social media. No one calls Floyd Mayweather an elitist because he makes it rain by himself in his hotel room for whatever fucking reason. Because you expect that. They are what they are. You know, they are really rich and they can do those things. But you know what? They earned that money. They should be able to do that. I don't care who you are. If you've got the money in your pocket, you earn that money. If it's a rapper buying a quarter of a million dollar diamond necklace, fucking flaunt that. You earned it. You worked hard to buy it. It's nothing to do with me, you know. And if you do have a problem with it, you're jealous. That's all you are. No, people come down. People come down on celebrities. You remember when they stole Queen Latifah's car over there off South Fulton Boulevard? They went in online on her. Oh, you shouldn't have had that car over there. Why are you in that neighborhood? With a ri-? Like, they go in on them. They it's do. bank account shaming. That's what it's called. It's a new thing. <laughs> but still, there is a little bit difference because these people aren't talking about it. I think it's just the the nature of, you know, talking about it. People still, like Nikki was saying, if they see a rich guy with a really nice, or a celebrity with a really nice car, oh, how many uh, children could have you, or you could have fed with that car? Um, But if he was bragging about it, then I think people would get more upset about it. But they do on social media to an extent. I don't think they brag about it. They'll say, hey, look, this is what I just got, or this is, or they'll be in it to not say anything. But they're also not hosting talk shows either. You know, right. But if they are hosting talk shows, I'm assuming at some point in time, something about their personal life, something that they own is going to come up. You know, uh, like Howard gets beat up all the time because he's not that, you know, rebellious guy and he's against the man anymore. He's like 60 years old. He's won the game. You know, he's reinvented <laughs> himself. 
he should be able to talk about his house in the Hamptons and how he and his wife go and hang out with Jimmy Kimmel and his wife because the stories are great and they're funny and they're entertaining and they're compelling, you know, but people take away from that. Oh, you're not the same dude that you were from 1986. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Nobody's the same dude from 1980 fucking six. He, that's just how it works. You know, you evolve, you grow up, you change, you morph, if you will. Uh, a cashier at a pet store said they've judged people who buy a pet and the cheapest, trashiest food there is. So the, they'll spend barely, they'll, they'll get the crap food for their animals is what they're saying. That's like yeah. the opposite. You know, like, don't have a pet and buy crap food. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like anything. Like, a lot of people will maybe buy some kind of toy, like a boat or something, and then they just don't put the money into it to keep it up. Well, then, then, then there's the flip side of that is spending more money on the boutique dog food, which we do. But we love, our, we love our dogs, and we want the best dog food. And we've researched what the best dog food is uh, for our dogs, and this is what our veterinarian said to buy. I've never even taken my dog to the vet. See, you're a bad pet owner. <laughs> you are a. What do you mean you never take? You don't take yearly for shots. Nope, she got shots when I first got her. It's not like a child where they get a polio shot when they're born, and then the rest is good. Listen, they every, need shots every year. No. Yes. I haven't taken. Yeah, and, and teeth cleaning and <laughs> yeah, different, uh, they have medicines to, and stuff. <laughs> have, have they ever been? Uh, what's it called? Uh, not milked, but it's. Oh, like their anal glands? Yeah, thing? their anal glands. Yeah, they express. They do that when I yeah. get her groomed. Okay, so you do clean them out. Yeah. yeah. Brandon does that now with uh, Thrasher Services. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Butthole squeegeeing. Yeah, on, on top of <laughs> fence building, backflowing, and, uh, and irrigation, he's also going to clean out your dogs. And how can they get a hold of you again, Brandon? <laughs> oh, you can give me a text or call. Six seven eight three seven eight eight nine two four. There you go. Look at that. <laughs> if the price is right, you do it right. Yeah, backflow in your back hole. <laughs> That'll be your Bless all- it out. Be your offset, like uh, in hot tub time machine. Go, call call your business. What's up, dog? <laughs> What's up, dog? <laughs> uh, a worker at a movie theater said they judge people who bring their kids to rated R movies, like bringing a seven year old to Deadpool. Is that a thing anymore? I don't. I, I know when I was a kid, it was a thing. I was take I was taken to R rated movies all the time, and I would look at people's faces, not only just the people that work there, but people going to my first stepdad was a movie buff and we were at the theater all the time and I would go with them and it would, I'd see R rated movies at like six, seven, eight years old. And people, you could tell they were, you know, and, and their excuse was like, well, he's too young to know. Well, that's not true. And you know, that's not true. You're not that stupid. Right. But I don't know if that's the same anymore. I don't know if you go to a, if you go to the movies, if people are judging you, right? I would. You would? I mean, I would. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say anything, but I would kind of look at them. And I don't even know if it's more like what the content is, but just, I, it's like, um, I hate that maybe like a fancy restaurant or, or some places where they bring a kid maybe that a kid shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably still give them a little side eye. Like, really? You're going to take your, your six-year-old to go see a... Uh, Bloody Valentine, the axe murderer. Okay. Sounds like a great decision. Bloody <laughs> Valentine, the axe murderer. I do judge people when they take their kids 
to Vegas like babies in strollers. Like if, yes. if I've ever seen, uh, and I haven't been to Vegas in a minute, but I would see people, stro- you know, pushing their kids in baby strollers on the strip. And I'm like, what are you doing? Dude, yeah. Same thing with, um, uh, I'm, we're going to Greece for our anniversary in a, in a bit. And, uh, I see a lot of people in this Facebook group and they'll be asking, where can we take, um, a two year old in Greece? And I was like, home, like, why the fuck are you going to Greece with a two year old? <laughs> like that just does not seem fun. Yeah. Or just traveling in general. Now, if you're going to Disney world, Disneyland, I understand, you know, cause you want yeah. the pictures. Uh, it's like, look, this is when you didn't know what the fuck was going on, but you were so cute. Look at the outfit. we I get it. Like, I get that. Uh, you know, and then you're not partying, you're going to the parks, you're doing your thing, and then you go back to the hotel room and you eat and you go to bed and that's about it. But you don't go to a casino, you don't go to nightlife, you don't go to Greece, you know, you don't take a a, a husband-wife trip and, and and bring your toddler with you. That's just dumb-dumb. Unless you're going to yeah. visit grandma, maybe. You know, those things are fine. Going to visit family, I get it. But not if you're going on a, a ding-dong trip, right? Yeah. Well, and honestly, I mean... It's, it's kind of controversial in the, the beer world, I guess, but I'm not a huge fan of people bringing their kids to breweries. Breweries, not, yes. Not if they aren't watching them and they're letting them run around crazy because I've seen them, like, jumping on cornhole boards and breaking them. That's probably what happened at uh, Taco Mac there. <laughs> um, <laughs> or they take their kid in the Uber, which I don't know if I've ever seen. What, somebody take their kid in the Uber? Yeah, like, leave a, leave a bar with a kid in an Uber. I mean, that's just... I would judge yeah. you. I would. Yes, I would judge you. I would be happy that you're taking an Uber, but I would still judge you. <laughs> I'd be judging McJudgerson on that one. Absolutely. Uh, McDonald's cashier wonders about people who order a coffee with 10 or more sugars. Oh, my God. I get judged every time I order coffee from McDonald's. And this is what they do. I, I want a small coffee. I want 15 sugars and I want four creams. She'll say, how many sugars? 15. Okay. Do you like put 15 how, sugars in your coffee? Yeah. Because I like it sweet. I don't like I don't like it bitter. 15 sugars in a coffee? See how you just in a judge small me? coffee too? Yeah. And that's how oh they do God. me at McDonald's. They judge me. Do you have diabetes? No. Yeah, let me see your feet. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with my feet. That's bad for you. I judge I would judge you too. 15 sugars and they're trying to help you. I don't need them judging me. Just give me my coffee how I asked for it. I paid for it, and that's it. Don't judge me. Have you ever heard of 15 15 sugar packets? Yes. Regular sugar. Regular sugar. And a coffee before name. Now, uh, I think at this point, to avoid the discrimination, you need to invest and just get one of those big bags from Publix. They're like (laughs) a dollar. (laughs) You can just do a handful and... Yeah, a little, a little salt bay into your coffee. Get, well, the, get the travel <laughs> cylinder so it's so it stays tight. If I'm going home, I don't worry about it. But normally, it's I'm on the go, so I want my coffee where I can drink it, and I can't drink it bitter. That's you know how much sugar that is. That's that's w- just that one coffee is probably three times your daily intake. Listen, didn't you just say it's nobody's business about your tobacco? And listen, you sitting here trying to tell me about my coffee. Sugar's different than uh, throat cancer. Uh, Are you kidding me? I don't know. How quickly you jumped on the the bandwagon. Yeah, I I got a problem with the sugar. Uh I I really do. I got a problem with the sugar. (laughs) Sorry. And, you know, it's not another thing that's unfair. You know, you bring up like McDonald's is when. You know, you have overweight people 
that will go to McDonald's and they'll order whatever and then like a Diet Coke. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, it's like turning your car alarm on with your windows down with the keys in the ignition. It just doesn't make any sense. You know? Maybe they like the taste. That. Yeah, but I, I actually don't anymore because it, I think if you're trying to lose weight, anything you cut out is better than nothing. So I get it. It doesn't make sense. But. That, that's where I was going with it is that, you know, it's a maybe and you don't know this, you know, because there are a lot of people that are just programmed to eat at these fast food restaurants and maybe they feel like that's all they can afford. Um, because it's, it's cheap eating, it's easy eating, you know, and it's just how maybe they were groomed, brought up, educated, whatever. But then they're like, all right, you know, I need to start cutting some of the stuff out. So like, I, I can't drink a normal soda anymore just because I'm a zero guy. I try not to have sugar. So if I even sip off of a normal Coca-Cola, it's too much. Just one sip. I can't do it. You know, that's why, like, I'm, I'm getting ready to go down to Florida um, for my fantasy football draft. And one of the things that I'm going to do down there is go see my buddy that owns this place called Snow Hut. And he's from Maryland, and he's got my snow cone there. Mm-hmm. It's egg custard with marshmallow on top. Do you know how much sugar is in this large styrofoam cup, which one, by the way, is horrible for the, the, the earth. But... There's more sugar in this cup than I'll probably have for the entire year. And when I'm done, I feel it. Like when I'm eating all this sugar, it's my body, you know, it, it, it's like, it's a shock to it. But I got to have this. I got to have it. I got, I, I haven't had one in years. Egg custard with marshmallow. I got to have it. Mm. Mm. I mean, well, uh, you're judging me because I put marshmallow on my I'm not cone? judging you. You just judge my coffee. I'm not judging you. Because nobody fucking puts 15 sugars in a small coffee. That's crazy. That's like you say you play Russian roulette for fun. I mean, that's just weird. That's odd. That's not weird. That I want sweet coffee. That's not weird. That's overly that's sweet coffee, though. Like, ridiculously sweet no, coffee. No, exactly 15 makes it sweet. I don't know anybody that uses that. When we were kids, we used to put, we used to pour sugar. We used to have strawberries and milk for some reason at night. And mm. Yeah. Weird, huh? I mean, we just put yeah. a bowl of strawberries and we'd pour milk over it. And then you would just. <laughs> Do you guys want a deconstructed milkshake? <laughs> <laughs> and then we would layer, like, I mean, layer, put a layer of sugar over it. And then we'd mix it up. And it was very quick-esque. Uh, yeah. Do you do that with um, Cheerios? Do you put sugar on your Cheerios? As a kid, I did. Not anymore, but yeah, yeah. as a kid. Yeah, me too. Yeah, kind of defeats the purpose of having, at the time, probably the only healthy cereal that existed. I don't even think it was healthy. They just tried to spin it like, oh yeah, it's heart healthy. You know, oats and grains, and like, it's still a sugary ass honey coated cereal. Well, um, not if they you, did trick us. Not if you get the normal yellow box, but when you put the layer of sugar on it, that's what I'm saying. That's when you <laughs> fucked everything up. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the only healthy, because we didn't have the organic section back in the day. You know, we didn't have those. It was either grape nuts, raisin bran, or Cheerios. Those were the three healthy series. My grandmother was a big grape nut fan. That's what I love. Like, like, I love grape nuts. You know, just, it's just spoonfuls of fiber, your fiber pellets that you're downing your throat. It's like you're eating BB. Have you ever had grape nuts, Nikki? Yes. Oh, it's like eating BBs. I don't eat them. I oh. just know what they are. 
Oh, yeah. yeah it looks like fish food. My dad would always eat them. Yeah. yeah like when you get to a certain age, you're like, you have to eat them. Makes you go, yeah. makes you go potty. Makes you go, yeah. Yeah. and cornflakes is what my grandmother ate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because they, they have to flush themselves out. <laughs> so anyway, back to the original uh, thing or ding here. Uh, I am not out of touch. You took what I said out of context. You put it on social media. People jumped on the bandwagon. They had no idea what we were talking about. And you all are sheep and you look silly. And I forgive you. How about that? It was good. All right. And I got to go buy three condos. No. Well, yeah, I've got closing actually here in about 20 minutes. So we got to hurry this up. Uh, no, I don't. I'm not buying any condos. All right. Let's talk to our guest. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Watkins Law Firm, trial and litigation attorneys. So if it's personal injury, wrongful death, contracts and transactions, landlord and tenant disputes, or just general civil litigation, Watkins Law Firm dot LLC is where you need to go. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, Watkins Law Firm dot LLC. And here's Tyler's tip of the day. In Georgia, if someone doesn't perform under a contract, The usual remedy is money. While in some cases you can have the court order them to perform, usually they won't because indentured servitude is not a thing anymore. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, WatkinsLawFirm.LLC, serving all of Georgia. Next time, talk to Tyler. I want you to call my wife, but not for those reasons, you weirdo. I want you to call my wife, Rachel Guy, because you want to participate in this crazy market that's happening right now and take advantage of a house. She is the best at doing what she does, and that is a realtor with Keller Williams Atlanta North Office. Anybody that's dealt with my wife, and I know a lot of you two percenters have, uh, she's absolutely amazing. I can tell you firsthand, you know, if you're a first time home buyer, she's going to walk you through it. If you've done this numerous times before, you might learn something. She's great. So if you're looking to buy or sell, call Rachel Guy because She's your guy. 404-797-4600. That's 404-797-4600. Let's keep it before 9 p.m. All right? Some of you call fairly late. It's a little annoying. No offense. Stress-free buying and selling, and like I said, this crazy nutso market. You can also shoot her an email. I am Rachel Guy at gmail.com. I am Rachel Guy at gmail.com. And back to you, Jason. She's real funny. Real, real funny. Uh, she's got her special from Ho to Housewife, which I think is, like, really creative, uh, on 800-pound <laughs> Gorilla's YouTube channel, which, by the way, because of this conversation we're about to have with Brittany Schmidt, I wasn't aware of the 800-pound Gorilla YouTube channel, and it's got comedy from everywhere, and I am a big fan of comedy, Brittany, and... This is just the start of the biggest things that are to come for you. I know that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's very exciting. 800 Pound has been a wonderful partner. They're actually Kevin Hart's production company, so they take comedy very seriously. They take care of the comics really well, and they've been an awesome partner. So I'm happy it's out in the world. It's it's doing all right, you know? Yeah, and, and, you know, so I I watched a a few of your clips. I've never seen you perform live. First, let me tell you this. I am... A, the biggest fan of stand-up comics. I think what you guys do mm-hmm. is, I mean, I've done radio for almost three decades and now podcasting, and there's never been a stage harder to stand on than a stage uh, comedian stands on. It is 
it's intense, like really intense. Mm -hmm. And and, and you've got to go from city to city and drunk to drunk every night Mm. to do your thing. And that gets a little uh, taxing after a while, doesn't it? Well, taxing is a word, but it's also, you know, it's the job. And I think it's important to travel around and see how different markets take different jokes. Um, And, you know, I live in L.A. and L.A. is not America. So (laughs) a joke can work there or not work there and it can really work somewhere else. So I think as much as it's taxing, because I actually am an introvert, and I don't love traveling and I don't love talking to people. um, It is it's part of it's part of the job. And I am grateful I get to do it. Isn't it funny that the. Those of us in the entertainment business that make a living entertaining, producing content for others, we, we're kind of introverty, you know, in a way. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a split in comedy. Some people are very extroverted. They're on all the time. They want to make everyone in the green room laugh, and that is how they get their rocks off. I'm not that way. I'm quiet. People always expect me to be funny because I'm a comic, but mostly I'm just a normal person, and I have normal conversations, and sometimes funny stuff comes up here and there, but I'm not funny, 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 because that's that's just not realistic, and it's exhausting. Yeah, you know, I, I... I think I came to the realization, like in the middle of my career, you know, I was, I was mu- uh, very much of an extrovert. Like I was out all the time. I was, you know, I was that guy. And then, you know, as I got older, I realized that when you have a job in the entertainment business and you are that person, you kind of come across as narcissistic and an egomaniac. It's like, look at me, you know, versus the other approach where it's, Hey, I'm just a normal person. This, you know, I'm, I'm not on right now. Let's just say that, you know, so may, maybe it's that, uh, yeah, maybe it's that I think, with you. I think to be fair, there are a lot of narcissists in entertainment. Mm. So I don't know if they're coming across that way or if they are genuinely narcissists. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think the expectation is a little inflated for you to be entertaining all the time. And I also think that's why celebrities get a really bad rap. You know, they'll be like, oh, I ran into Tom Cruise and he was mean to me. And it's like, do you know how many people... He was just trying to go get a coffee, and do you know how many people have tried to talk to him? It's just it's just tiring. Yeah, I always uh, tend to take the side of the celebrity as well, and, you know, even, you know, we've all probably, even you, had your run-ins with people that you were hoping for, you were hoping more from, and you didn't get it, and then you kind of have to take a step back and be like, you know, it's, 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 sorry about this. My dogs are downstairs right now as the painters upstairs. Oh, painting. I can't hear him. Oh, good. That's okay. That's great. I'm glad you can't hear him. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, one of the things I wanted to point out about your comedy is you're very, very methodical. Like you choose your uh-huh. words wisely and your inflection mm-hmm. intensifies the punchline of the joke. Uh, is that on purpose mm-hmm. or is that your cadence always? Yeah, no, that's on purpose. That's called deadpan delivery. Um, And it's interesting because it changes, like, you know, the delivery for the special is what my delivery for all specials will be moving forward. But while I'm working on new jokes, I am not that deadpan because I don't know if the jokes work yet. Mm -hmm. So I'm a little more lively and I'm a little more engaged in trying to figure out what's funny and what's not. Um, So, you know, I did a show last night in New York at the stand and I'm doing new stuff and I'm just, it's like it. When you watch a deadpan comic, you're almost like, are they even having fun? Um, but but now I'm at this new phase where I'm developing my new, new material, and it's a little bit different because until I get to the point where I know the joke works and it's structured and I've cut all the fat off of the joke, until I get to that point, I'm still playing around with it. 
So right now is a more fun time to watch me. And then, you know, later that's kind of what the delivery looks like after I've trimmed the fat and, and I know the joke works. And, and you have to have a confidence when delivering the joke. You know, if you don't have that uh, eye contact with the audience and you're delivering a joke, you're not sure the joke's going to go over well or you're not self-deprecating and call yourself out if it doesn't, then you know you've then become the beta to the alpha audience, right? Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. There's times where I've, I've shot myself in the foot and I'm, you know, trying to figure a joke out. And I was like, well, you guys hate this. And then they get the control. Whenever they see you lose control, they have it then. They yeah. It's very infrequent that you get the control back whenever you surrender and let them know you're struggling. And, and your story, Brittany, you know, you're a Wisconsin girl. You moved to L.A. Uh, I mean, you're open about this. You talk about it. You drank a lot. You, you got in some trouble with the law. I think what you get a DUI, right? Yeah, I got a DUI. Okay, and it was like a wake-up call for the most part, and now you're sober, but you got into comedy through in, in like the middle of all this, right? Yeah, so I actually, I mean, for the sake of comedy, I made it seem like the DUI was the wake-up call. If I'm being honest, it wasn't. I drank for four years after the DUI, <laughs> so I didn't stop immediately. Um, but, yeah, I did start comedy. So, basically, the reason I started comedy was because I got that DUI, and I was pretty depressed, and my friend who did comedy was like, you should do comedy. It's cheaper than therapy, and I couldn't afford therapy. So that is how I started comedy, and, and here we are. So so tell me about some of the struggles when, when, you, when you began, because L.A., I mean, that's that's a tough place to start, right? I mean, are you waiting outside the comedy store to get in or what? Um, I actually got very fortunate when I started. I took a class, and then after the class, you do a showcase, and they film the showcase, so you're able to submit that as proof that you're able to do comedy to bookers. And I don't think I even realized how fortunate I was when I started because I didn't have any gauge of how other people start or what other people do when they're at open mics, you know, grinding it out, going to the comedy store, signing up for potluck, all that stuff. I just didn't do it. I just kind of started getting booked on shows. And I, again, like I was very fortunate. I just kind of fell into a lot of luck. Um, so no, I didn't, I don't have the traditional route of kind of doing open mics and waiting around for stage time and, and doing all that stuff. I was very fortunate that I, I found people pretty quickly to, to bring me on the road and to um, help me get better pretty quickly. Is there, is there anyone out there that you watched maybe befriend it and, uh, and took some pointers from him? Like, yeah, that's, that's some good crowd work right there. Crowd work. Um, I mean, I love anyone who can do crowd work. It's never been my strong suit. I, it's on my vision board to do it. Hmm. Um, it just takes a different type of improv, like improvised comedy to do crowd work. Um, but I do look up to comics, you know, of course, like Amy Schumer, Joan Rivers, um, Greg Giraldo was one of my favorites. Dave Chappelle's obviously the goat. Um, this guy who's one of my friends, Shane Gillis, I think he's one of the best in the game right now. There are definitely people I look up to. And then of course, you know, cause I have a pretty dry and dark sense of humor. I look at Anthony Jeselnik and, right. and bow down to him cause he's, he's sort of the, the best of doing the dark stuff. Yeah. You know, the, the power of silence, there's actually a book I read years ago called the power of silence. And, you know, I, I, I preach that to young people in the radio business and saying, you know, there, there's for, for years they would say there's no, you know, no dead air. There should always be something going on. Well, that's not necessarily true. You just can't have a lot of it, you know. But when you stop right. down, it just intensifies whatever it is you're about to say. I mean, you know, Brittany, I can't believe you 
said hi to me the other day. (laughs) So it's, you know, people don't understand that deadpan, that power of silence, that pregnant pause, so to speak. Um, Ian Bagg is a buddy of mine. He's a comedian. And I got to tell you, Ian Bagg, in my opinion, probably him and Jim Norton, probably the best, one of the best, if not the best, Mm -hmm. crowd-working comics out there. They are absolutely amazing. I'm just blown away. Ian was just in town not that long ago. Blown away every time I see those two perform. Yeah. Yeah, I I know the name. Um, Ian, I don't know him personally. Um, But, yeah, there, there are a lot of great comics out there grinding it out. So when, when you moved to L.A., like, what, what's your situation now? Because, I mean, you're, you know, you're a female comic. You talk openly about your life. Uh, there should be now in 2022 no difference, you know, how a woman talks about their life versus how a guy talks about their life. I'm hoping that we've moved on from that. Uh, so are you married? And- we haven't. We have. Well, I'm sorry, we, we have not? We haven't moved on from that. No, no. Do you, do you get kickback? Oh, yeah, there's still a lot of the patriarchy is still strong. Let me tell you that. Yeah, really? Like, like, give me an example of something that you've put in your your stand up that people are like, I can't believe she said that as a female. Well, I don't even know if it's about being, you know, I don't know if it's about being well, they just say, I mean, over and over and over again, women aren't funny. Women aren't funny. Women stand like just all of that stuff. Um, you know, I joke about really dark stuff too. And they're like, you shouldn't be talking about this. And you know, I'm just, I say what I want when I want and people don't like that. And that's part of the job. Uh, that's so weird. It's, it's, it's funny how there's the double standard that still exists. I mean, I guess I'd be naive to think that it doesn't, I guess I was just being optimistic, uh, and upbeat by saying something like that. But you know what, yeah. you know, I, I watched an interview that you did with a, a nice woman on, on some television program and it was like pulling teeth for her to say ho, you know, from ho to housewife. Oh, was- my God. I know. I know. That was really funny. She, well, I think that's also different. I think it was cable or something. There might be different rules, but it was really, that was hilarious to me because I'm like, the, the patriarchy got you. Like, the fact that you're uncomfortable saying that word, like, you have, I mean, come on. We have to take the power back. But you know what I mean? People are raised differently. I don't want to judge anyone. They're not comfortable saying things. They're not comfortable embracing things. And that just is what it is. There are going to be people that are more conservative than progressive. And that's just the world we live in. And, um, you know, it's polarizing. And, and everyone's going to have their opinions. And, unfortunately, I signed up to hear all of them. <laughs> I signed up. Well, what about your family and friends back in Wisconsin? Uh, that's a pretty conservative place, right? Yeah. So my dad is actually um, pretty much my only family member back in Wisconsin, and he's very conservative. And up until the special, he never watched any of my comedy. So I'd been doing comedy for over six years, and he never watched any of it because he was just like, you know, when I did my first little clip and I kind of got sent around, he watched a few minutes and he was like, you know, I think I would think you were funny if you weren't my daughter, but you're my daughter. And and that was fair. And I kind of just thought for the rest, for the rest of this journey, he was never going to watch anything. And then when Hoda Housewife came out, you know, my cousin told him, uh, showed him it, and he watched, I think, 10 minutes. He didn't watch the whole thing. But but he called me, and he was really just, like, proud and impressed. And he didn't – I don't think he realized – you know, I think it's hard because he's an electrician, so he's in the trades. And, um, you know, he has a more – I don't know, just standard way of living. So I think when I told him I was doing comedy full time, he always sort of assumed it was a hobby. And then when it turned out not to be one, and then I think he sort of realized, 
you know what I think changed it a little bit is my sister. She lives in North Carolina and she came to see me do a show and she was so scared. She was literally shaking before the show. I was like, well, this doesn't make me feel good at all. This is not a vote of confidence. And then I went on and I did really well. And then afterwards she was so excited and she called my dad. She's like, you just have to pretend we're not related to her. Like that's the trick. Like You just have to pretend she's someone else. And I'm like, oh, whatever, whatever it takes for you guys. So my dad did watch 10 minutes of the special and he called me and he liked it. He couldn't keep watching because it gets filthy, but. Yeah, well, right. well, but you understand, right? I mean, I'm a, my daughter's a senior in high school this year, and she's coming into her own, and she does the pictures on the social media. I mean, they're 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 not over overly provocative, and and Bob, no, by far, no, con, you know, like overly conservative guy, but she's still my daughter, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> of course I understand. Of course I understand. Yes, That's, and I'm a daddy's girl too, so I totally get it. You don't want to hear that stuff. Yeah, the boyfriend, you know, holding hands or putting arms around shoulders. You're like, ah, ah, mm, ah. Yeah, your baby's all grown up. Yeah, it's, it's not the thing. Uh, so you're married, yes? Yes. Yes, okay. Is uh, I think I saw a clip of your husband, handsome fella, loves dogs, big, yeah. big fan. Uh-huh. Uh, so is is he in the business as well? Uh, no, so he's a creative director. He works in advertising. Um, he's very funny. He's very talented. He could do anything I'm doing if he wanted to. But, uh, yeah, no, he works in advertising as a, a designer. He looks like the type of guy that says, honey, do your thing. I'll be here when you get back. Yeah, that's exactly, yeah. That's who he is. That's literally the only person you can marry as a comic. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, before before a husband that must have been an issue trying to find a guy that understood what you did. If you weren't, unless he was a comic as well. And you probably don't want to end up with another comic, right? Yeah, no, I don't want to end up with another comic. Definitely. I've always had a no comic role. I will have that until the day I die. Um, they're all a bunch of haunted houses and, um, yeah, it's, yeah. Before that I wasn't really looking for, I, I would never was looking for a husband. I never thought I wanted a husband. I just found a good guy and we, yeah. We locked it down. Does, does he come out and uh, watch you perform when he can? Um, it's, we kind of don't. Like, the rule a little bit is when I'm working on new stuff, don't come because I'm still figuring it out and I don't want his feelings to ever be hurt. You know, sometimes the joke isn't funny until it is. Mm. Um, but for the big stuff, like when I filmed my special and, you know, anything that's monumental, monumental or if there's a comic on the lineup that he wants to see, then he'll come out. Yeah, does is there is there a conversation before? I know in radio, if I thought it was going to be a little bit too much, I would run it by my wife. But and I'm assuming the same is in comedy. If there's you know, and you've got to um, you know uh, stretch some stuff every once in a while. You're like just a heads up, this is coming. Yeah, we always talk about stuff. Um, I always make sure he's okay with everything that I'm saying on stage, and there's truly never been a time I'm pretty respectful like there's nothing private that is hurtful or detrimental that I'm ever going to say because I'm not a monster Mm -hmm. um and also it's just not it's not my whole life is not the world's business I just want to say certain things that are funny and move on yeah is there someone back home from your past that you have a joke about in your stand-up and they have no idea that you tell it every single night and it's about them Back home, I don't think so. I'm pretty careful to not talk about my family. Mm. Um, I just want to be mindful with that. 
you know, there's people from my past that I talk about. Like, I have a joke about an ex-NBA player, and I don't think he has any idea because I think if he knew, he'd call me and yell at me because it's not a flattering joke. But, um, <laughs> but no, I don't. I don't. There's nobody else. Nobody in my hometown, for sure. I mean, because you know, one side of it, you're like, unless you're, I guess you, if you have a thin skin, you're you're super sensitive. You're like, you know, what the hell? What is she doing? And you get all pissed off. But the other side of it, you kind of like this is. I would look at it as equating it to a rock band that's made a song about me. You know, whether good right. or, or bad, it's still you know, hello Delilah, dear, you know, or something. You know, it's like right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, I would hope people look at it that way, but uh, people are pretty sensitive. Yeah, every night I'm making an impact with whatever I did years ago. But you, uh, I was I was scrolling through some of your social media. You had a um, uh, a situation with a, a Green Bay Packer. He DM'd you. This is years ago, but <laughs> these yeah, athletes, yeah. these athletes love you, don't they? Yeah, well, I mean, the thing was, I went to college in Milwaukee, and the thing about Milwaukee that's really interesting is they have the Milwaukee Brewers and the Milwaukee Bucks, and then the Green Bay Packers are up north, but pretty much it's three major sports teams, Uh, and then Milwaukee is a small city. There's like three nice restaurants and one or two nightclubs to go out to. So for me in college, finding an athlete was like fishing with dynamite. It was just so easy. <laughs> and so you obviously ran into said uh, Green Bay Packer at the time, and he got into your DMs, and uh, you then went on to, I think it was TikTok, and let everybody know how unflattering that was. Well, yeah, it was ridiculous. It was somebody I'd hooked up with a few times, and he DM'd me just saying he was going to shoot his shot. And I was like, oh, my God, CTE is real. You do not remember that you have already shot your shot. So, um, yeah, that was that was just – I just thought that was funny. So he honestly did not remember hanging out with you? Zero recollection. None. God. He uh, literally – his response when I told him that, he's like, oh, good for me. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I, I will tell you, yeah. back in my day – there was one instance where there was a girl that had that. We didn't have the social media at the time, but I'd taken her home one Friday. The next Friday, I saw her out, didn't recognize her. Uh, I blamed the different hair and the lights or whatever. And she's like, you don't remember me. And I felt so bad. Like, I, w- I did not say yeah. what your friend said. I felt horrible. Like, I left that night, went home, yeah. crawled up in fetal position, drank some, you know, some vodka and smoked some weed and just cried myself to sleep because I felt so bad. <laughs> Yeah, well, you're, that means you're a decent person, and you never p- played for the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> and I never played for the <laughs> Green Bay Packers. So uh, so the special, again, Hoda Housewife on uh, the 800-pound Gorillas YouTube channel, a uh, lot of opportunity for, for comedians with all the streaming services. What's next for you? Uh, you know, I'm just working on my new special, working on these new jokes, trying to figure everything out. Um, I'm not in a particular rush to do anything. I do have a movie that I just wrote that I do want to get made. But other than that, I'm just enjoying, kind of enjoying the fruits of my labor with this special that I just put out. How do you write a movie? I've always wanted to do that, but I, you know, I hear people do it. The only time I've ever seen it is, I think, the NWA movie when Ice Cube's sitting in front of his computer. He's like, I just got done writing a movie. You know, so how, how do you sit down and write a movie? 
It is hard. Let me tell you that. Um, I didn't realize there was so much structure involved. The first draft I wrote just kind of willy-nilly as like a story, and then my friend read it and was like, this is not a movie. Like, you need to have structure. This needs to happen here. This needs to happen there. So they gave me the structure, and then my brain broke because I, need I needed to completely rewrite it. Um, it took me a long time. It took me a year. Um, but it finally, it finally got done. I'm getting some interest in it. I have, um, an actor attached that I'm really excited about. It's out to a few other people. Um, I just feel like the, the universe is conspiring in my favor for it to happen. So I'm hoping for that to be my next big thing. Yeah. Because when you write it, you have to have all the parts, right. For each person, what they're saying, how they're acting, what they're doing, yeah. you know, so it's, it's a, it's a lot that goes into, I don't know if I have the patience for that. You, you must be a very patient person. I, yeah, it's, yeah it's a, it's, it takes a lot out of you, I'm not going to lie. If you're not, if you don't have the brain where you can understand the structure quickly, which I do not, um, it took me a long time. I, I rewrote it probably seven or eight times. What, uh, what's the uh, plot line? I mean, you don't have to tell me too much, I know, because it's secret, but like for general purposes, what's the plot oh, line? Oh, no. It's okay. Um, so it's called Sorry for the Mess, and it is basically the black sheep of a Catholic family gets put in charge of um, getting a priest for her mom's suicide funeral. And, uh, you know, it's just sort of chaos ensues. She tries to keep it from everyone that this guy isn't a real priest. And then um, ultimately some stuff goes down, and it brings the family together in a way that they never knew they needed. Well, if you throw the Catholic Church in there, you can just check off that box of getting some type of attention from somebody. <laughs> right. <laughs> as a as a former Catholic high school uh, graduate, <laughs> you can you can tell. Yeah, same. I went through the whole. I went through the system. I got confirmed. I know. I know all the deals, but I don't think I've been back to a church ever since I since I got confirmed. Yeah, it's almost like uh, what I realized because I was a bad kid, young in my life. You know, I was smoking weed at twelve, and I mean, I was just a bad kid. And so, my mom sends me mm -hmm. this Catholic high school. And what I quickly realized, this Catholic high school is just the all-star roster of the public high school. You know, it's they just took every reject that wasn't working in public schools, with the exception of, like, maybe the janitor's son who's getting a free ride. You know, that was about it. Yeah, the Catholic, I mean, that was kind of the running joke in our, our school district, the Catholic kids were the craziest, you know, like the drug dealer was the high school football hero at the Catholic the Catholic school and the girls were the skankiest. And that was sort of the whole thing is there. They were, they were fighting against the system they were in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, if you make it to Atlanta, um, I uh, hope you come back on, you know, I mean, the only place that we really have here yeah, is, I would love that. is the punchline, which uh, my buddy, Jamie Bendel owns and would love to have you out there. That'd be great. Uh, you're you're very, oh yeah, I would love that. You're, you're very nice and you're very very funny and uh, like I said, I'm such a huge fan of of comedy and what you do for a living. Um, I just love talking to you guys. So I, I wish you nothing but the but the best of luck. BrittanySchmidt.com, by the way, and you can get all of her socials off of that. And then from Hoda Housewife on the 800 Pound Gorillas YouTube channel for you two percenters that want to go and support Brittany. I'd appreciate that, and so would she. <laughs> uh, all, right. all right, well, thank you. Thank you so much, Brittany. Best of luck, and we'll talk soon, okay? Sounds good. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. 
Look, doing a new kitchen or bath, that's a big undertaking, right? So you want to go to somebody that's like a one-stop shop, like UCI Kitchen and Bath. They've been Atlanta's number one cabinet, granite, and quartz fabricator and installer. For the past 20 years, that's what I'm talking about, a one-stop shop. Uh, They provide the installation of whatever you buy. Speaking of, you mentioned the BS, the Bailey Show podcast, and you're getting 10% off your regularly priced countertops. That's a nice little savings, right? You can visit the Norcross Georgia showroom location, let their design team transform your kitchen and bathroom into a beautiful and functional environment to fit your personality. It's just upping your property value. You can get with all the latest trends because they got them right there on the showroom. Servicing all of Georgia and parts of Alabama, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Florida. How do you get a hold of them? Very simple. UCIGranite.com. The letters UCI, the word granite.com. Look, I know what it's like to start up a small business and run a small business. That's what this is. What can you do to take the next step? Create Graphics can help you out with that. They're a full-service graphics company that specializes in graphic design, and they've got some really good ones in-house. Wide format printing and graphic installation. Specializing, again, in vehicle wraps, corporate events, interior and exterior events, graphic design, and apparel. A lot of the stuff of the BS podcast, if not all the stuff, comes from Create Graphics. CreateGraphics.net. That's C R E A T E G R A P H I X.net. Or 770 369 9962. That's 770 369 9962. Serving Metro Atlanta and shipping worldwide. Create Graphics. They definitely know what they're doing. Excellent customer service and communication in every project will get a one-on-one experience from start to finish. Again, create graphics with an X.net. Son of a bitch. I'll be loving you forever, just as long as you subscribe to The Bailey Show. Nobody is going to save you now. If you like what you hear, then get a full seven days a week plus of new content by subscribing. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. And back to you, Jason. I guess this is good news for you hunters in the state of Georgia, but squirrel season is here. Squirrel hunting season. I, I don't get it. Like I finally, yeah, I've been waiting all <laughs> fucking year for this. I, I, I guess the because you're not going to eat them. Nobody they eats, do eat them. Nobody oh, eats yeah. squirrels. Yes, they do. Bullshit. You better go down taste south the where I'm from. Where are you, where are you from? Do eat them. Waycross. Waycross. Damn, money bags over there never had squirrel. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> is that the opposite? Would it be like? Would it be like a delicacy, right? A delicacy. <laughs> no, it's a. It's probably not. A, I mean, it's, it seems like a. Um, what's the the Clampett show? The Beverly Hillbillies. It seems like they're the type of people that eat squirrels. Brandon said he's eating it. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for proving our point. <laughs> we appreciate the backing. What's it taste like? Uh, it's not good. It's very chewy. It tastes the. Uh, it's like you're eating kind of like you're eating smoke, like you're eating grandma who smoked for 70 years or something like that. Okay, well, let's be honest. P- people aren't going hunting for squirrels because they're eating them. I guarantee you're not eating every single one of the squirrels that you kill. And I'm, I'm assuming the excuse is, man, we're overpopulated. <laughs> we got to get them out of here because fucking nerve are taking us. It's bad for the it's bad for the environment. <laughs> no, it's not. 
Uh, I don't. I don't know. Maybe it is. I, I don't know, get beat up by all the hunters out there. I'm. I'm assuming you just want to, you know, go out there and take your cliche hunting picture with your kid holding the squirrel's head up with blood dripping from its mouth, and you could be like, "Man, we got, we got a got a six incher today. It was a big day out on the squirrel hunting season. You know, your kid's holding a twenty gauge, and the squirrel's half of his body's ripped to shreds. Yes, <laughs> you have your BB gun leaning against the squirrel." Georgia hunters can uh, pursue both gray and fox squirrels. The maximum daily bag limit is 12 per hunter. You guys aren't eating 12 squirrels per day. It's not happening. And you're not freezing them. You're not eating squirrels for the rest of the year. You're just not doing it. They make soup. I I don't care. You're not eating all the squirrels. Uh, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm saying it as fact. (laughs) There's just no fucking way somebody's eating 12 squirrels a day. It's just not happening. Now, I know that it's there's probably only so much meat on there. Uh, yeah, they're tiny. But you're not, it's just not happening. Brandon, do you know people that just eat squirrel? <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, they're really mu- like muscular, and they, they don't taste the great uh, the greatest. And the little bit of meat you do have is, is grizzly, and it's not the greatest. Squirrel hunting season is a great introduction to hunting. Chief of WRD Game Management Section, that's Alan Eisler said in a news release. Uh, it's probably also a great introduction to school shootings, too. Uh, <laughs> due to their abundance, squirrels are easy to find, yet still provide hunters with a little challenge. You can pursue them while sitting, walking, and maybe even pushing the pace a little as you take the chance to scout some land ahead of other hunting seasons. <laughs> so stupid. Fucking squirrel hunting season. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever read. Like, you know, I'm not a fan of shooting deer. I get it. You know, I'm just, I'm not a big kill animal guy. But for hunters, and most of my friends are hunters, the deer I get. Like, it's tradition. It was passed down from your father to your grandfather, all that stuff. And you go out there and you pass it down to your kids. And the people that I know do eat the deer. They make jerky out of it. You know, the the venison this and the venison that. So I get it. It's not my thing, but I understand it. Squirrels don't get at all. Don't understand it. It's not like you have, they're not hard to find. I mean, like literally going, isn't part of hunting like the the, the hunt? It's, It's in the word, hunt. It's part of the chase. You know, you go out there and you get your deer stand and you wait quietly for hours for that big buck to come across and he's got so many points or whatever that thing is. And you're like, oh my God, I've never seen anything like it. I'm not gonna shoot it with a gun. I'm gonna shoot it with a bow and arrow. And I got it. Okay, that's that's the the, the hunt. I get. It. I can walk out my backyard with a gun and kill twelve squirrels in twenty minutes. And no, you couldn't. I, oh, I bet you. Yeah, you wouldn't be able the, to catch them. Um, yeah, I, I was gonna say. I think it's the reverse. I think the squirrels would be hard because they're fast and they're they're hiding behind trees and they can go up trees. Deer. I mean, is it really that hard? They they walk in front of Grandma's minivan and die on on purpose. Exactly. <laughs> but no, let me tell you. You put up a bird feeder. And you just sit there with a gun, and you could just pick off squirrels all day long. What I gotta do? I know. I know. When we did it before, uh, it'd be way up in the trees, like fifty foot up, and you gotta pow pow, and the squirrels just jumping through trees like John Wick, and you're trying to shoot him as he's falling down. And squirrels don't take fall damage either, so they can pretty much jump from any height and hit the ground and start shooting. Yeah, I, and yell in the I think it's harder. Tree. Yeah, I think it's harder than you think. 
And was it squirrel hunting season, Brandon, or were you guys just killing squirrels randomly? <laughs> no, it was squirrel hunting season. No, it was in Kentucky. He also pees the bed, which are two signs of a serial killer. <laughs> if anybody went to Brandon's school like they actually were in attendance, he probably would have been a school shooter, but he was smart enough to realize that there weren't enough people in attendance. They're just like, we're not going to school. Uh, any any uh, unique items this year at the Iowa State Fair? Uh, yeah, let's see. I had this, the, there's always a list of all the new foods and I got, I did, I tried to do the top three. I didn't get one of them. So I think I'm going to go back and try the other one, but there was one gets called the, Oh my God, chicken sandwich. Actually here, let me see if I can bring these up. Uh, new, chicken sandwich. That sounds delicious. Doesn't it? It does. I'm so hungry right now. We don't even know what's on it, but it starts as, Oh my God. Oh my God. Was it OMG? Yeah, it's a uh, yeah OMG chicken sandwich. It's a uh, chicken breast lightly battered and covered in sugar coated cornflakes, fried to a golden brown and served on a glazed donut, and it's topped with bacon and syrup. Mm. I'd eat lot. that for breakfast. That's too much yeah. for my belly, but sounds delicious. Sounds yeah, good. that was good. And then I had the pork picnic in a cup. Hold on, how much did the chicken sandwich cost? You elitist. Oh, dude, I can't remember. Probably five bucks or something. It was cheaper than the corn dog? Yeah. No. Yeah. Must have been made out of squirrel. All right. I don't know. Well, I mean, these aren't all the same stands, so anybody can charge whatever prices they want. What's another thing? Uh, uh, I did pork picnic in a cup. It is a, it's kind of like a walking taco. It was like a layered cup. And at the very bottom, it is cornflakes, and then it's pulled pork barbecue, and then the next layer is baked beans. And the next layer is uh, coleslaw, and then it's topped off with some um, uh, pork belly. That does not sound delicious. At all. <laughs> what? All. It's literally a barbecued uh, picnic in a cup. It's like your dinner with your uh, football coach, Nikki. No, 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 no. It, yeah, but I guess it's how it's presented, right? You remember when McDonald's tried to do the salad in a cup? I'm a, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, a sal- I'm a salad guy. So I have to have a salad with just about every meal, like lunch or dinner, definitely dinner. But when they did the cup, they did that so you could eat it while you're driving. Mm-hmm. Salads aren't made to eat while you're driving, and they're definitely not made to be eaten out of a cup. It was just disgusting. You would see, like, oh. if you had, like, the ranch dressing smeared up against the clear plastic in the cup. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> just, I don't know. I thought it was good. Oh, the salad shakers? Them. Those are great. You can salad do, yeah. shakers. Yeah, that's yeah. what they're called. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love those things. Do they have, um, uh, like, the? don't they have, like, all uh, the fried Oreos and the pickles and all kinds of weird stuff? Yeah, I didn't. Um, I just got kind of the standards. Um, trying to see what if they got any other things new on a stick because they have some uh, fried olives on a stick. Um, let's see, deep fried meatballs on a stick. Mm. Uh, chicken bacon ranch waffle on a stick. Mm. Um, yeah, that's all good. Uh, this other that other top three one I haven't got yet. It's a baked potato, um, and let's see, it has smoked pulled pork, um, bacon brisket mac and cheese. Barbecue, oh, barbecue sweet uh, sour cream and a garlic butter rub. It's all in a baked potato. So mac and cheese in there, too. That sounds delicious. Yes, now that yeah. does. I'd eat that for sure. Yeah. Oh, they have a um, pickle-flavored snow cone. I didn't get that one yet. Pickled-flavored snow cone. Mm-mm. I don't want to eat that. No, thanks. I'll yeah. pass. I don't, did you eat all this stuff or did you just see it? 
Uh, the first three, th- like the top two of the top three I ate, but these other ones I've just seen. I haven't tried them yet. Uh, but I got my other standards. I got, you know, corn dog and um, shoot, what else I got? Like a, a pork tenderloin and um, a gyro. Um, just all the you know, cheese curds. They got garlic cheese curds and regular cheese curds. Um, they got poutine. Got a little bit of everything. There's salad on a stick for the the vegetarians. That's what Nikki's coach had uh, that night at dinner. Poutine. <laughs> <laughs> barbecue Extra poutine. gravy. Barbecue poutine. <laughs> <laughs> Young, sexy poutine. <laughs> what is uh, what is poutine? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> Uh, it's French fries with uh, cheese oh. curds, gravy, yeah. and some other stuff. It's a Canadian dish. Yeah, it's called something else too, uh, like at restaurants. They don't call it poutine. They call there's, it's like a country or a state's fries. I've seen mm-hmm. it. I've seen it. I've seen it on a menu where they'll call it like Montana fries. You know, they'll give it a name like that. I don't know if poutine goes over well on a menu. Oh yeah, I've I've ordered poutine everywhere. I, you probably just don't order it, but where have you yeah, ever seen a, poutine on a menu? Like almost every sports bar has it. Really? Well, I mean, I don't go to many sports bars, so I'm not saying you're wrong. I've ne- does Taco Mac in Noonan have poutine on its menu? <laughs> so I was just thinking, I don't think they do. Have you ever seen poutine on a menu, Brandon? Uh, not that I think of. You go I mean, to a I've lot seen, of sports like, bars, fries, and stuff like that. Yeah, with the, the one with the cheese and the gravy. Uh, have you ever seen it? It's like called something. It's it's a state or something. It's like like I said, Mo- Montana Montana gravy fries or you know something like that. How do you yeah, even smell that? Poutine. They do have a taco. Uh, I don't know if it's still at Taco Mac, but they had a taco poutine. See, that does not sound appetizing at all. <laughs> Can I get a hairy taco poutine, please? Give me two, actually. <laughs> Fucking starving. Uh, poutine. Uh, that would be P O O T E E N. Poutine. Wrong. Things with a D. P O U D I N. Poutine. It's a P O U T I N E. Poutine. Oh, I could have sworn there was a D in there. Where do you hear a D in poutine? I thought it was Putin. <laughs> like Putin. <laughs> Putin. They sell poutine. No, we were just saying it wrong. At Moxie Burger. Do they really? Yes, they do. Ooh. Yeah. That was uh, the Russian president when he was uh, in high school. He was Putin. Yeah. <laughs> Got some Putin Putin. <laughs> I remember when I was a little Putin. <laughs> I still said I was going to invade Ukraine. I knew I was going to do it and made the worst decision in my fucking life. <laughs> so, but yeah, what about the artists? They always have great artists that perform. Who'd you say? Yeah, we saw, um, well, the first night they had Brooks and Dunn. Um, we didn't go to that one, but we went to um, Nelly. We saw Nelly and Genuine open for him. What? Ooh. Nelly and Genuine open for Brooks and Dunn? No, no, no. Genuine open for oh. Nelly. I was going to say, that's a bullshit. Brooks and Dunn need to be opening up for Genuine and Nelly. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and then they had, um, let's see, Demi Lovato and then Alanis Morissette. Oh. And I'm going to see Hairball. Oh, Hairball. Uh, this week. Hairball's yeah. great. They're, they're actually on the free stage. And they got Wang Chung is on the free stage, too. Really? You're going to Wang Chung tonight? Yep. Yeah. Sure am. You guys know about Hairball? No. They're a great band. I don't know where they're out of, but uh, it's two lead singers, and they swap off every two songs, I think, of doing an artist, and they nail them. You know, uh, everyone from Brett Michaels, you know, which 
it wasn't until seeing Hairball and the guy do Brett Michaels that I realized, and I think the rest of you too on the show at the time, uh, this was back in Orlando, that we didn't realize Brett Michaels did the the devil horn thing, like pointing to the crowd as he performs every single time. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like, he's kind of mocking them, but he's not. He's being them. He does Dee Snyder. He does Axl Rose. Uh, it's it's a fantastic show. Those guys are great. Really, really good. So underrated. Not a lot of people know about them. I don't think yeah. so. They're there like almost every year, and I've never really gone to see them. I always, people always tell me to go see them. So uh, this year I'm going to check them out. Uh, you saw Alanis Morissette? No, I didn't go to her concert because uh, I saw them in Atlanta. Or I saw her in Atlanta before I left. Uh, oh, I'd still go again. I wanted to see her. I'm going to see Jack Johnson tomorrow night. Ooh, nice. Yeah, we got the lawn seats, too. See? Huh? Not front row, not VIP, not backstage. I got lawn <laughs> seats because my wife and I are going to enjoy ourselves. We're going to down an edible. We're going to grab ourselves some adult beverages. We have some lawn chairs, and we are going to camp out because Jack Johnson is an artist that you can be anywhere and listen to him. You don't have to. There's not much of a stage show with Jack Johnson. I've been close to a Jack Johnson stage show. He's an amazing artist, but there's not much to watch. I mean, unless you're taking a, you know, memory shot for a money shot, you know, you're a chick or a gay guy because he's a good looking surfer guy. Um, <laughs> but that's the kind where you just hang out and you talk and you hear it in the background. And you're like, oh, the pancake song. Cool. My wife, that's her favorite artist. She loves herself some Jack Johnson. She gets so horny. Did you did you see him recently, or was it because we were talking about him, or was it did you get tickets for her or something, or did she get them for you no, for a birthday or something? We saw him a couple years ago at Lakewood. Ugh, this one's at uh, what is it, Ameris Bank? So it's right up the road. We saw him a couple years ago. Well, we were talking about this like within the last couple months. Oh well, then just talking about he's coming to town. She got the tickets actually. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's why I didn't know if they were like a gift, and maybe that's why we we're discussing. No, she them. just bought them. She's like, I got us some tickets, you know, for Jack Johnson. You know, it's different. Like when you're in the radio world, you feel like people owe you free tickets because you're going to talk about it on the on the show. In the podcast world, I pick my battles of when I go to the well for my free tickets. <laughs> yeah. Can I just get too long? <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't, I didn't. We paid for these. You know, paid for these. So, yeah, paid for those. Uh, and then we're seeing the Killers next month. That was my Father's Day prize because that was the band that on mine and Rach's technically our first date, uh, we kind of saw. That was at Orlando Calling. They were on stage. And they're awesome. Love the Killers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, love the Killers. Killers are great. Mr. Brightside. Oh, oh God, some good shit right there. Uh, anyway, all right. Uh, PodcastTheBS.com, just a reminder of our website. If you're not a subscriber, we would love for you to be a subscriber. How easy is it, Nikki, to be a subscriber to all the content that we provide in the hours and hours of entertainment that we give people? It's very simple. It's just one click of a button. One you're subscribed. Fucking click of a button. And, um, it's not a scam. We're, 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 we're giving you something for your money. You know, you support the cause and we give you all these shows and there's so much in the works too, like this fantasy football show that we're getting ready to put on for you premium to, uh, to, to peers. And there's another podcast that I'm working on with, uh, somebody 
that's kind of a big deal in the internet community. So see if we can finalize that deal. And that would be for you subscribers, right? You know, that's what we do. It's not a scam. It's services rendered, I think is what it's called. (laughs) Services uh, rendered. Now, there is a scam out there. We're not it. We're legit. Too legit to what, Nikki? Quit. That's right. Actually, you know what? I got a little something that goes along with that. Mm-mm. Hammer time. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's staying on my button bar. Hammer time. <laughs> uh, notes on cars. This is happening in San Francisco. So wherever you're at in the world, you listen to the podcast, this could be coming to your city. Notes on cars that say, quote unquote, pay me so I don't have to rob you. Never in a million years did I ever think we'd get here, right? So people in San Francisco have been finding notes in their cars that say, pay me so I don't have to rob you. Someone posted a photo of the note that says, I don't want to steal anymore, but I still have bills to pay. Can you help me, please? And there are three ways to pay. PayPal, Cash App, or a QR code to send Bitcoin. So pretty much what they're telling you is they're going to rob you, but if you pay them, they won't. They're extorting you. They're blackmailing you kind of, right? Uh, it's clever and creative. I don't know. Is it illegal to like threaten to rob somebody? I don't think it is. Well, I don't know if it's illegal, but I would think if I got that note on my car, I would definitely take it to the police and want them to trace whatever these methods of payments are to find who the person is. One woman who works in the area said she was worried the person might come back and break into her, her car if she didn't pay, she still decided not to, but at least one of her coworkers did send money. <laughs> San Francisco police says the first time they've seen this tactic used. So, it, like I've always said about criminals, you know, I think, I, I think there's a percentage of criminals that are forced into a world, they're groomed into the world, this is how they're brought up, this is all they know, blah, 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 blah. You know, I always said that there should be a hotline. You know, call it before you do it, Right. And you get to talk to somebody and say, hey, look, I'm about to rob this old lady. I'm looking at her right now. She's by herself. She's in an alley. I'm, I'm, I'm like 20 yards behind her. Um, I don't know how much money she's got. You know, well, let's just say for conversation's sake, she's got 50 bucks on her. What should I do? You know, and this person then goes to talk them out of robbing this old woman and giving them other ways to make $50. To like, ju- no, to like make sense of it. Like, do you really want to hurt this person? Spend all this time in jail if you get caught? Blah, blah, blah. Here's all the bad things. Because I don't think when people commit crimes, they think about what, like, if they're caught. Like, what's the worst case scenario? They always are very, criminals are very optimistic people. They always think about the good, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to go into a bank and we're going to rob it. And nobody's going to catch us. And we're going to have bills and money and we're going to be rich and we're just going to go spend it. Well, that's not how that works. You know, you're either going to get shot, you're going to be caught on camera, the bills are marked, you're going to have, you know, ink juice on your face, and whatever the case may be. All these things could go wrong and normally will go wrong. Most of the time, the bad guys get caught. And that means you get caught and you don't get to, you know, uh, dance around in your, your, your stealings, you know, your monies and your coins and all that stuff. So if you had somebody to walk you through what is going to possibly happen, dude, don't rob the old lady. What are you thinking? For 50 bucks, you're going to spend three years in jail getting some dude's penis in your butthole. 
Like, is fit, like, why don't you just take $50? I'll give you $50 for anal sex every day for three years. How about that? And I was like, oh, well, you put it that way. Maybe I shouldn't rob this lady. Because <laughs> I don't want a penis in my butt for three years. <laughs> so $50. Forever. Forever, yeah. <laughs> so I've always wanted to, I always thought it would be a good idea to have a hotline for them to call beforehand. These criminals in San Francisco are saying, hey, look, I don't want to rob you. But I'm too fucking lazy to get a job. <laughs> and uh, this is just what I do. But I will rob you. But we can we can avoid all that and me possibly getting caught and going to jail and you having a broken window or somebody getting hurt. Just shoot me some cash via my PayPal. It's kind of clever <laughs> if you think about it. It's kind of kind of ingenious. Yeah. Well, and I'm reading it uh, or I'm looking at the, the photo of it. And it, I think it's okay. I'm not okay, but I don't think it's illegal because he's not really threatening. He's not saying, I, I'm like, I'm going to rob you right now, basically. He's saying, I don't want to steal anymore, but I still have bills to pay. Can you help me out? And then they give their, like, uh, PayPal or yeah. whatever. So, yeah, I, he's just asking for money. It's no different than somebody begging for change. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? But, are you giving him money? Probably not, but if it was a like the homeless guys have now started doing that, they have like a square or you know whatever a PayPal account or something, and I feel like that might be a better better way to go about it, so you're not bothering people. And I, I think some people do um, donate, kind of like in the, in certain cities they have those they're like parking meters, but they're for the homeless people, and you just put change in there, and it, you know it goes directly towards helping them out. Um, so maybe they need something like that that'll keep people from doing this. Would you do it, Nikki? No. No. I'm not giving anything. I don't give people money on the side of the road. Why? Because this you just have so much me. of it and you don't want to give it away? <laughs> no, because this lady scammed me years ago, so I just don't do it anymore. So the lady did your taxes in the plaza? No, this lady came up to me with her two kids. It was freezing cold outside of Walmart. She told me she had just got in an argument with her mother-in-law, and she put them out. And her husband was on the way to pick them up. She tried to give me her husband's telephone number. He'll give you any money you give me back as soon as he gets here. I went to the ATM. I gave this lady 40 bucks to take her kids in IHOP. I came back like a month later, and the same lady walked back up to me with the same story, and I was furious. Did you tell her? Oh, I grabbed her by her the top of her thing because I wanted her to hear everything I had to say to her. And I yelled at her, and then she ran off. So you grabbed her at the top of her collar so yep. she could hear you better? Yep. Did she... Does had like some kind of device there or something? No, I didn't want her to run off before I said what I had to say to her. <laughs> I, I've never grabbed somebody violently and aggressively <laughs> by the top of their collar so they hear me better. Usually it's the opposite. They don't want to hear you. They want to fight you. <laughs> I want her to hear what I Did had she to say. apologize? No, she just was like flailing around and she was trying to get away from me and then she just ran off. But you got to have a gimmick. I mean, if you're going to beg for money, have a gimmick. I'm more of a fan of giving someone a hand up than a hand out just because, you know, they do have to have a gimmick. They have to lie. Um, they, they, people don't want honesty, right? They don't, they, they, they want to, they, they want a, a, an over drawn Hollywood story, you know, and, you, you got you got to hit on all the heartstrings. You know they want to. I'm a veteran, and uh, I just got divorced. I'm a victim of domestic violence. They want all these hot buttons. No. They don't, they don't want. I really just don't want to get a job. 
Fucking lazy as shit. <laughs> <laughs> there was a guy out there with a sign that said, I'm going to be honest, I just want beer. And my friend rolled down the window and gave him $10. Exactly, because those are the ones that you're like, that dude's <laughs> being honest. He just wants 10 yeah. bucks for some fucking beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. In Vegas, yeah. that was the first time I've ever seen the honesty homeless signs was in Vegas. There's a lot of them. If you're walking... On the strip, you're going to be like, dude, just need some five bucks to smoke some weed. Can you help a brother out? <laughs> I get it, man. That's cool. Here's five bucks. Not a problem. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, Brandon, would you give these people money and fear that they'd break into one of your thrasher work vehicles? Uh, no. You know, I'd probably just wait or catch them when they showed up and just wrangle them and tie them up and then leave them Wrangle there. them? <laughs> well, you want to know their story. You know, not everybody's just a con artist. Um, I know years ago in Atlanta, for those that don't live here, we have our transit system is MARTA. And there's, it drives me insane when people bag on MARTA because you have nowhere to go. You know, you, you and if you say no, it's uncomfortable. And sometimes they'll get aggressive. You know, like Denver has low, you know, the, the, the really aggressive homeless community out there. Like if you don't give them money, they get angry and they want to fight you. So I know years and years ago, one of the local news stations did a, a story on a, a guy. Yeah, a guy. Is it a guy? He was a guy. He was a guy. Guy with kids. That No, just maybe just a guy begging for money or something like that. And then they find out the guy was making six figures off of this. And he drove away in a Mercedes and he had a nice house like in the city and all this stuff. And they followed him and it was like... He got caught, and he would tell his wife that he was going to work. I think that's how I got the story. Maybe yeah. it was opposite. He was here. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. Six figures? I mean, how? Not, that means we should – humanity's not that bad. If we're giving this guy six figures because he's got a great story and we'll feel bad for him, right? I mean, it still is – It's. it makes people that really need help not be able to get it. Mm, yes, absolutely. Well, you know, I was uh, – Only if he gets caught. I was I was a part of this charity in Orlando. <laughs> I forget the name of what, what it was called, but it, that was our saying: give a hand up, not a hand out. Mm-hmm. And we would take people that are homeless or really down. Like, what was it? The homeless coalition or something like that? No, this is different than that one. I did work with them, but that was through the radio station. The radio station did stuff with them, but this okay. was this was something else. I was on the board of this one, and it was a fairly new charity that was started by a friend of mine. And we, they, they created this, this work center um, and they had did classrooms and so on and so forth. And there were people that would volunteer their time and they would, uh, these people that were on the streets, we would say, hey, look, we're not going to give you any money, but we can put you in some nice clothes. We can help you with your resume. We can uh, educate you on whatever it is. You know, they had certain classes, you know, for schooling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we can help set you up for a job interview. And it was all this great. I mean, it also had a uh, grocery store attached to it where if you qualified, and by the way, at least at the time, qualifications in this country for poverty, a family of four was like $40,000. You think $40,000 is a lot of money. I think that's what the what qualifies you poverty if you make less than $40,000 um, in the United States, a family of four. So those people would come in if they qualified, they'd, they'd have to be vetted and they would be able to go grocery shopping for free. 
Oh, wow. You know, and they would take, you know, they would fill up a cart and they'd go out. So it was really, really good organization. But we would see people go from the streets into this, you know, through the system, put them in suits, you know, which were all donated, and then lined up for a job and they're getting jobs and they're making money. You know, and then you get them into a place to live, you know, assistant living and then, you know, government housing. And then finally they're able to go off on their own. And, 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 you know, it was a really, really good organization. A lot of times that's literally what people need. They just need a little bit of help. The ones that are are really, really down and out, some of them have mental issues. But the ones that they just need a little help, what you guys were doing, put them back on the map. Yeah. It was was very nice. Look at that. Smart news. FDA finalizes rule to make hearing aids available over the counter. I never knew that they were not. No, you can't buy a hearing aid over Now counter. you can. Look at that. But how well, do they you can't buy the... just one on, on eBay or something, Amazon? I guess so. Oh, no, Nate. Oh, Probably, look. though. But how would you know the right decimal that you need? Yeah, Nate. How do you Aren't know about the right decimal? custom-made to your hearing <laughs> loss amount? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you can order contacts online. Uh, not pres- not real you... prescription ones. Hearing aid. Oh, you can on the black market. <laughs> On the yeah, black you can market. buy. Look at that. You can buy hearing aids. Vivtone Lucid Five Hundred Eight Rechargeable Hearing Aids for Seniors, Adults, Advanced Eight Channel Digital. Two hundred bucks. Right now, if you do it, you save an extra ten bucks when you apply this coupon. They look oh, like, like uh, garbage. Uh, they look like um, the uh, uh, iBuds or whatever with Air AirBuds, Air AirPods, AirPods. Air, iPods, whatever. <laughs> Hearing aids are expensive, though. That, those are some junk ones. They're like thousands of dollars. Yeah, about to say, I'm pretty sure when August gets his, they're a couple thousand. But August goes to the doctor. I'm sure he doesn't order yeah. off Amazon. Uh, no, True. definitely not Amazon. <laughs> He's getting ripped off. $63.99 for the Morassing rechargeable hearing aids for seniors and adults. Invisible hearing aid, even though they're red and blue. And if you buy <laughs> six, 6% off of this coupon... And it's uh, it's four out of five stars. Let's see. I lost one of my $3,000 hearing aids about two months ago and cannot get a new set for about another year and a half to replace those. I saw these on Amazon, and for the price, I took a chance. Very surprised at the good quality for very low price, especially seeing they are rechargeable. Look at that. That's a verified purchase by Dan. Even did a little review there. What do they do? They just up the... What is it? Like a... Like a speaker that brings in the sound. I don't even know how they work. I don't know. I mean, it's probably super advanced because if the most of them are like two, three thousand dollars, so it's probably something we don't even understand. But yeah, I would think so. Probably like uh, like noise canceling headphones, but with microphones. Yeah, this is uh, when Deaf August takes his hearing aids out. He can still hear though, right? He's not fully deaf. Yeah, yeah, he's probably got like. 30% hearing. Has there ever been a situation where you've said something to him that's really important and he didn't hear you? Uh, no, but I did. I remember one time I went in the grocery store to get something and, uh, I told him, I was like, all right, we got to get uh shampoo and I got to get this. I was like, you go get the shampoo. I need this kind. And then he just comes back with two cans of canned food. I was like, oh, I just said <laughs> shampoo, not canned food. Oh, I think you've told us that story before. That's hilarious. <laughs> I think it's like the quiet place, the the deaf girl on there where she can't hear anything. And then when her dad gets the thing to work, she can hear sound. Yeah. That's what hearing aids do. 
All right. Well, if you get a note on your car, it's up to you if you want to do it. It's, but right now, it's still in San Francisco. So, all right. You guys uh, ready for Everything's Better with Fuck? Here we go. Whatever we do, it's better with Fuck. What? Everything's better with the Fuck. And are you ready to give a fuck about your health? Then check out Chef Erica, ericanicoleday.com. She is a wonderful woman an experienced culinary medicine consultant, a private chef with medical and high-end restaurant background. She's available for consulting on meal planning for weight loss, helping with medical conditions or strict macros for bodybuilding or fitness training. I think I saw someone on our social media asking about meal planning or something, and then somebody gave the link to uh, Chef Erica and Nicole. So she's fantastic, and she can get you, you know, eating the right. That's the other thing. It's like, you know, eating right. Like, if you can plan out, who was I talking to about that not that long ago? Who was that? Was that you, Brandon? I told you to meal plan. Oh, yeah, when we had Diane on. That's right. We had Diane Spive on from Newber T's Men's Wellness League. Yeah, meal plan. Like Sundays. Nate used to be really, really good at this when he lived in Atlanta. He would meal plan, especially for every morning, right? Where you mm-hmm. would have those little kind of benzo boxes type of deals, and you'd have, you know, a. a, a Egg whites and some grapes and uh, some whole grain toast. toast. Yeah, that was good. That was smart. Yeah, mm-hmm. did, yeah, save time. Yeah, that's what we're trying to work on with you, Brandon. Right? Because you eat like crap. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I thought we would go buy some chicken tonight. Yeah, you, you well, like on the Sundays, you just do a bunch of chicken for the week. You just have a bunch. And chicken, you can do like when I was in college, and McDonald's had the five for five chicken sandwiches. We used to load up on those and put them in the freezer and we would get them plain because you can take a chicken, just a plain chicken sandwich. You can make it a a buffalo chicken by putting a little Tabasco on it. Right now it's buffalo chicken. You can do uh, a a, a bacon cheddar, uh, just throw some bacon bits on there with some cheese. Now it's bacon cheddar, a little ranch dressing. This is all inexpensive stuff. This is what we do in college. You know, it's like, what do we have tonight, Hill? Let's do uh, buffalo chicken sandwiches. I got some Texas Pete. All right, cool. That we stole from the cafeteria. You know, <laughs> and you can do that. You, why is that? Why is that? Funny? Does that sound healthy? <laughs> no, it's chicken. Chicken's always healthy for you, right? Just make sure it's cooked so you don't get salmonella. <laughs> I don't know if frozen chicken from McDonald's is good for you. If you don't have all the shit on it, well, you don't. I mean, th- that was at that time. But I'm saying you make it at your house because they, you know, the what. The, butters and stuff like that they're probably using but you do it at your house put it on the grill just put a bunch of chicken on the grill and you cook it up and then you you just meal plan for the week it's delicious and you can do my point is is you can do anything with chicken anyway all right yeah uh everything's better with fuck this week i don't know why uh there was a reason why i came to this conclusion but i don't know why it's little house on the prairie i don't know why little house on the prairie is, is what i decided to pick so Nate, Brandon, and now Nikki, a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best, okay? You're going to judge these. And then, um, let me see here. And then uh, the winner gets played a second time. So there's Nate, there's Brandon, there's Nikki. All right, I got three clips. You guys familiar with Little House on the Prairie, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Brandon, it's got the dog. Love lore. Is it the what? It's got the dog. It's got the... Oh, yeller. The dog. Oh, shit, yeah. This is Michael Michael Landon. <laughs> You know, they, they, they live in the old Western times, and they're, they're, it's, all, it's a wholesome show. Kid gets little, hopped, hopped up. the fields. Yeah, doing the fields and, and making cabins and stuff like that. Yeah, okay. They did have a dog, though. 
Yeah, I'm sure they had a dog. I'm sure okay, there's cool. numerous dogs yeah. there. His name was Jack. The second one was Bandit. Mm-hmm. Brandon was talking about Old Yellow, though. Yeah. And there was I'm one episode where the kid got hopped up on drugs from the, the local drugstore. I forget what drug it was and went through withdrawal and Michael Landon helped him out. And then the, the one episode with uh, squirrel hunting season where they go out for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, throughout the entire show, for every season, they just would shoot squirrels. <laughs> That's, that. That's why we have squirrel hunting season now in Georgia, because of fucking yeah. Little House on the Prairie. All right. Uh, Laura Ingalls. The Ingalls. That's what their name was. The Ingalls. Yeah. Laura Ingalls. Or Ingles Wilder. Yeah, all right. Here's your first one. Hey, you can try it if you want. Come on now. Work yourself up a good mouthful of spit. Come on, work around. Around, around. You got him? All right, now. Here we go. It's all in the neck. Ready? Laura! Just what do you think you're doing? Mr. Edwards is teaching me how to... Fuck! Do you consider that a worthy accomplishment, Mr. Edwards? I don't know how worthy it is, ma'am. Sure comes in handy in a stiff breeze. Oh, sorry. I applauded before it was over. I forgot there was more to it. <laughs> so these are a little different style. Little House in the Prairie is a lot slower show. So bear with me. Work with what we got. Nate, one to ten. What are you thinking? Uh, I thought that was a well-placed fuck. Um, I don't know if she's fucking a, an older man or a horse named Mr. Ed, um, but I'll give that an eight. An eight. Oh, that's a good start. Brandon? Yeah, we always seem to give the ones with kids fucking a higher score. I feel like, feel like there's something wrong with us, but I'm going to go with the eight also. All right, Nikki D? I'm going to go with the six. The six. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're joining the show. <laughs> All right, here's the next one. Charles! A letter to the folks! Don't forget to fuck! I'd be afraid to come home if I didn't. Have a good trip. Very quick, short, to the point. Don't forget to fuck it. Nate, what are you thinking there? Uh, not as good as the last one I thought, but still good. So I will give that a seven. All right. I'll take a seven. Brennan. Yeah. I like it. That was a, a quick little fuck. Uh, I prefer, <laughs> I prefer those. I, I'll give it an eight. All right. Thank you, Brennan and Nikki. And I too gave that a seven. I like the pop in that one. Okay. All right. Thank you. Here's our last one. Then what happened? Well, sir, this old bear and me, we just sort of fuck one another. Might say we was getting each other's measure. Well, you just fuck, fuck. Finally, I, I just pull him out of patience. I looked at the bear square in the eye and I said, Bear, what the fuck? What's going on with it? You know what that bear done? What? Well, sir, he just he snipped and ambled off. <laughs> good with Mr. Edwards would drive any bear off. Wow. Mama Ingalls doesn't like Mr. Edwards at all. Nate, talking about fucking bears there. Um, yeah. I think I'm going to have to. I'll go eight again. Eight again. Um, yeah. I mean, fucking bears is probably better than fucking kids or a horse. So yes, absolutely. Yeah, fucking all the way. Brandon, <laughs> there's a bunch of fucks in there. A lot of fucks. Yeah. I feel like maybe a little overload of fucks. So I'm, I'm going to go with a seven. Okay. Overloading of the fucks. All right. And Nikki. It was my favorite one. I gave it an eight. You gave it an eight. Yeah. Oh boy. All right. Well, that means we, that's our winner. No. Shit. 16, 24, <laughs> 14, 22, 16, 25. Yeah, that's our winner. The last one was our winner, oddly enough. Okay. Did I get that math right? All right, and we'll play that one again. Then what happened? Well, sir, this old bear and me were just sort of fuck one another. Might say we was getting each other's measure. Well, 
We just Finally, I, I just tore him out of pieces. I looked at the bear squaring in the eye and I said, Bear, what fuck? Let's get on with it. You know what that bear done? What? Well, sir, he just he snipped and ambled off. <laughs> so bad. Just everything about that show. Like I loved Michael Lannon. He went on to do that heaven show. He was like the, the last wholesome actor that was in Hollywood. You know, never had any dirt, always did good, wholesome programming. Michael Lannon was never caught up in any controversy or bad stuff. There was never any dirt that was dug up about Michael Lannon. He was just a good guy. And he sadly passed of cancer at a fairly young age, I think. I mean, he, he was not an elderly person, but he did. Was it Heaven, Heaven Can Wait? No. What was the show he did? Heaven... Uh, Highway to Heaven. Highway to Heaven. Did you guys ever watch that? I did. Yeah, that was a good show. It made you feel good, right? Yeah, it was a feel good. You show. can't name a show on television today that makes you feel good, makes you happy. That's positive. Tell me one. That's oh, airing yeah. currently, or that's yeah. rerun. That's like a television show, like a sitcom that you watch that isn't dirty or you know. Oh, all those shows that those girls watch, they're all crying about, like, This Is Us and Grey's Anatomy and all those um, kind of sappy shows that make them cry. Yeah, but they're rom-coms, but there's still, there's there's sex involved. There's Neither of those are comedies. They're, they're rom-coms. Like, there's, they're, they're, they're romance comedies. You know? No, not This Is Us. He's right. Yeah. This Is Us is probably, it. like, it makes me feel good. It oh, that's the Mandy emotion. Moore show, right? Yep. I don't know. Mandy. I've never seen it. Yeah, yep, Mandy's on it. Um, so yeah, I'm going to say this is us. And the guy from heroes is on there. He's uh he's the husband. Yeah. The Asian guy. No, no, no. He's the white guy. Logan's heroes. No, 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 no. The show, uh, from back in the day on NBC, early two thousands, mid two thousands. It's a good show. Greg Grumberg was on there. Yeah. Yeah. The guy that was in glorious bastards was on there. Brad Pitt. No. One of the <laughs> other guys, <laughs> Jewish guy. <laughs> I don't know who it is. All right, com. That is the website. Please subscribe if you don't. If you do, thank you so much. We got good things in the works, including right now. Uh, this month's uh, exclusive giveaway for you guys is that sauce pack. You know, all those bottles of amazing sauces from Atlanta Grill Company, atlantagrillcompany.com. Thank you so much for giving that up. Uh, still don't have the definites on podcast and pours too. Hopefully next week. I know I keep saying that. So I'm just going to kind of start shutting up about it until I'm waiting on one person to send some emails. That's all I'm waiting on. That's, that's all I'm waiting on. And then I can tell you everything. So uh, we got that and then our merch store and then all of our social media. Please like our social media, share the stuff that we post uh, to other people so they can start listening so we can get, grow our audience. We can't do that without you guys. So I'm begging and pleading if you could help out with that. All right, Nate, what you got? Happy Friday, fuckers. Happy Friday, fuckers. Beer, chugs, and harmony. Nate will share to our social media. You can see his weekly beer that he will be downing. I'm assuming it's probably something to do with the Iowa State Fair, right? Uh, no, because I did it at the fair last Friday with a pickle beer. Um, but I will be. I'm flying back tomorrow, so um, today I'm gonna. We're driving over to Chicago, and so I'll probably do one in Chicago. Oh, you can stop by boot camp. Radio boot camp is going on. I think. Oh, buddy. Yeah, I think that's the make, weekend. Make some connections. Make some connections. Hang out in the hotel lobby bar. I make fun. I enjoyed going. 
but I didn't, I'm not going this year, obviously. Um, yeah. I'm angry at radio right now. I'm just, <laughs> not that Where's they, the podcast uh, boot camp? They actually have it, a bunch of... It's in Orlando, right? Well, they have a few of them, um, but I've yet to hear anything positive about any of them. Like, the people that put these on want a ridiculous amount of money for you to attend. And I like the radio one. <laughs> the radio one's not that bad. He doesn't charge... I don't think he, I, I get why he charges. He has to charge, you know, uh, it's a little high, but it's not overly high. It's more the, you know, the, the airfare and then the hotel <laughs> and when it's all said, the drinks of the, when it's all said and done at the end of two or three days, you're in for like 2,500 bucks. And you're like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have to listen to all these people that know so goddamn much and, sit up there on these panels and just lie their asses off, you know, for the people that have been in the business for a long time and you're sitting back there going, you're so full of shit. That's <laughs> such a lie. You don't do that. I know you don't do that. <laughs> so anyway, Brandon, what you got? Uh, keep your penis out of farm animals. There you go. That's good advice, Brandon. And uh, Nikki? A little grill squirrel ain't going to hurt nobody. A little grill squirrel ain't going to hurt nobody. You hurt nobody. All right. Thanks for listening. Have yourself a great, safe weekend. If you're going to do some drinking, sure you are. Uh, if you had too much, please don't get behind the wheel of a car. I've lost way too many friends like that. want to keep you around, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for supporting. Bye-bye. Get off my lawn. It's old man Kevin, and the BS is done for right now. Please share, like, and support. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. Now, get out of here.